there must be an old. I think there's an old infill platform or something from Lockerbie where the uh, where the old Dumfries train would go from. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, back in the day. Yeah. Yeah, because there was bloody four lines out of Dumfries once upon a time. It's crazy. Yeah, it's not all the yeah when you see them all. That's why uh, Dumfries Station looks so big because it had all these lines, but uh, now it's obviously just got the one that goes through it. Yeah. Yep. So I just got the Glasgow line. What's it on the train? It's only half an hour, is it? Not really. No. Luckily, oh, Carlisle's next to nothing. Ah, that's a good. That's a good. Yeah, that's a good little project, Cameron. I like that. Yeah, right. That'd be cool. I'll keep this for the code intro. Yeah, <laughs> me, what me and Al planning like post-COVID drinking trips. Yeah, oh. discussions of the of the uh, the beach and train cuts of the uh, the area around Lockerbie and Dumfries. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, you you can come up too, you, you, Phil. You come up too. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll totally do that. Oh, no, yeah. It has to be, I'll be leaving Gloucester. And something yeah, again. I live at the other end of the country, like, you know. I'd have to get the plane from Bristol and Glasgow and come on down. Yeah, yeah it'd be a goddamn yeah. logistical nightmare. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Good. <laughs> Good, I'm glad we came to the court there. Yeah, we did. <laughs> The Conquistadors join several other teams of five striving to survive in the Survivor Series 1988. Coming to the ring, even though there's only four of them rather than five. Dangerous Ewan Taylor. The Birdman, Catherine Phillips. The Dynamite Keg, Phil Doyle. And Jordi Allen Melbourne. Only tonight on The Conquistadors. Like want to an update. Cancel. Oh, oh no. Oh no, Phil, 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 no. Fallen for that one, buddy boy. No, you'll be there for until midnight. <laughs> Cancel it. Cancel it, don't worry. So um we're just waiting an hour now, really. Um yeah. depends on the Warwick's ah. delivering tonight. Stop uh, <laughs> I suppose. I really wish I don't think I tried to tag them in there, I don't think they had a um a Twitter account I could tag them into. <laughs> well I didn't no, tweet for it. It's the sponsorship deal we all need. It's, well. yeah. it's not the one Let's that we see. wanted, but the one we need. I'm uh, all prepped up. And I'm off to make a cup of coffee. Of course there he are. is. There is the man. <laughs> there is the there man. he is. Who picked Survivor Series 88? Uh, <laughs> we go, we're going well, straight in there, are we? I mean, who, I'm, just, I'm just wondering this. Was it Phil? It was me, yeah. It was my pick. Yeah, okay. It was Phil. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Yeah. Wow, right. I think it feels like it's gonna be some negativity. I uh, no, I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't mean that to sound as aggressive <laughs> as it did, and I apologise. It, it did come out rather aggressive. Yeah, it did a bit. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I felt I like um, if you ever watch any of the uh, being the elites with the Dark Order and number four, is it number four yes. or five? Yeah. Like, uh, a, I don't, I don't. It's one of them anyway. He said something, and they were like, "Shut the fuck up, five. Oh. I love yeah. the I love the uh, Dark Order that, being elite. That Brody Lee tribute show I've watched it like twice now. Oh, oh, that whole situation, man! How shocking was that over Christmas? That was <sighs> yep. not good, not good at all. That was no. so rubbish. Yep, it's just oh, just the whole everything about it is just you know 
like obviously him dying is is, is bad. It goes without saying, yeah. Goes without saying, but like the fact that like saying. he had his big kind of entrance into AEW just when there was no crowd, mm-hmm. so he didn't get that big kind of you know crowd moment yeah, that he deserved. Oh, so yeah, about... he didn't. Did he? No, and you think about all the time that he got, he was wasted to sat on the bench at WWE for no reason at all. Yep. Yeah. Like eighteen months, a year or so, mm-hmm. whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Oh. How long? How oh. long did the whole Bludgeon Brothers thing go? Because that was basically them trying to retread the Wyatt family. Six months, them. yeah. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They got some belts out of it and stuff, and they had a good WrestleMania moment out of it. But you know, like yeah. you see how good he was with the Dark Order, all the stuff he was doing there. It's oh. so good. Yeah, so good. I mean, it's, I mean, once they, the promos he had in AEW, I know a lot of them were sort of like, oh, he's just ripping the mick out of Vince, and then uh-huh. which maybe they were, but he never really had the chance to. And we, in retrospect, we kind of think, you know, it might have been the illness, but he never really had the chance to get to that level again. You know what I mean? And nothing against Evil Luno. No. But it's like when he was there, kind of like marching around the microphone, going, you know, the exalted one is upon us. I was like, oh, give it a rest, mate. <laughs> and then when Brody Lee was there, I was like, I don't know how this is going to go. But just when it was beginning to get the promos with, you know, finding his feet and all this kind of stuff and just yeah. like doing that way. And the, the, the matches against Cody were really yeah. cool. And then I was like, you know, they could have gone absolutely skyrocket and stratospheric with him at the helm of it. And that would have yeah. been brilliant. And it would have been so cool, you know, because they were because of this expansive group. That had a reason to have the amount of members they did, you know what I mean? Because yeah. they are a cult. You know, it's like kind of going. It's like that they will never get that chance. And now it's like a bit like they're talking. Oh, the Dark Order can't be heels now because they, you know why would you boo the memory of Brody Lee kind of thing? Yeah. It's a bit, mm, like you say, the, the tribute show was done so well. Like the way they just kind of, you know, Eric Rowan coming in for his little bit. Oh, that was yeah. That was just oh. Yeah, my heart um, sunk yeah. when I saw him. I'm like, oh man, you must be. <laughs> like, I mean, why would you do Cole this? Cole Cabana, when he first came out, he was in tears. He was in he tears. He could barely keep it together. Oh yeah, the end of that yeah. match when, like, you know, Silver's just like, you know, uh-huh. just crying on the floor. But what, what, a little bit of like thing I quite like was like when Rowan lifted him up. I was like, oh wow, I really want to see Rowan and Silver as a tag team. Mm-hmm. That'd be good because like Rowan was like literally like two feet taller than him. And just the sight, just, just the look <laughs> of the two of them together. It's like, you know what? <laughs> they look really good together. But yeah, but the whole thing like retiring the belt. And I think I'm yep. pretty sure like, yeah. at the start of every show, they're like, you know, it's Wednesday night. You know what that means? Yeah. Yep. Like That'd all that kind awesome. of stuff. It's like, oh. So they did that on the last one I watched in last week's. They did the, uh, it's Wednesday yeah, night. Did. Do you know what that means? Is so that going to be like the start of Dynamite from now on? That'd be awesome. I think so. I think so. That'd be cool. It's just a little kind of like, yeah, it's just a yeah. tiny wee thing just to say. And like to t- uh, Tony Khan buying the rights to the music on this tribute video so that it can never, never yes. be like, stripped off. It's yeah, like things like that you kind of think, oh, that's like how you actually do run a company. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like you know, don't screw over the talent because they're the ones actually making you the money. Yeah, don't set <laughs> exactly. it on fire week after week. Yep. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Because like, like, I suppose the big tribute show to compare to it would have been the Eddie Guerrero one, I suppose. But I, I don't remember. I've never seen that one. So I don't. I can't I really don't... You know, compare it. You know. <sighs> I don't it, was, it was nothing like it was nothing on the level of this. This was above and beyond. Mm. Just because it was booked by somebody that's called Pusmentis and not mentally insane. <laughs> was the entire that. card booked by his son? Was that right? Uh, the entire card was well. The main event was picked by his son, but Tony Khan basically wrote the show the Sunday night before recording. He tossed out what was there and wrote the entire thing on on a Sunday night. Yeah, oh, cool. 
they put back they they supposed to have like a New Year's Eve bash or something, not they? So they put it back a week. Yeah. Going to do the tribute show. Yeah. 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 Well, that's funny. Makes sense. And yeah. of course, in somewhat happier news, uh, some some guy called Sting showed up. <laughs> Sting yeah. It's, um, and it's now playing the role of Darby Allen's Da. Yeah. Da- <laughs> yeah. Darby, da- Darby, Darby Allen's goth like Da. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm fine with that, by the way. How you doing, son? I got a bat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Got me a baseball bat, son. Is he saying stuff about you? Is that Taz saying stuff about you? You tell him, man. I'm going to kick him in. Kicking that Ricky Starks boy or not. Team FTW are just fantastic. I just want to watch them get the shit kicked at them every single week. <laughs> Watching your boy Brian Cage like just knock the tar out of Darby Allen for 10 minutes was brilliant as well, though. Yes, it was. Like, like when he did, uh, was it? he went to suplex Darby Allen on the outside, walked up the steps and just threw him back into the ring in the suplex position. <laughs> yeah. It was like, wow, yeah. <laughs> you are a beefy, beefy gentleman. <laughs> yes, he is a bit. Yeah, so that he's, yeah. he's a well-built man. So I think that's been like a high and a low point, isn't it? Really, that wrestled since our live Christmas show. I think I'd probably, yeah, I'd say so. pretty much. Yeah, I'd say so. All, yeah. all in one company in a matter of yeah. a few weeks. Yep. Yeah, but all we'll the Tony Schiavone shouting at staying at the top of his voice that he'd be <laughs> happy. It's a proper two thousand like or nineties moment. This is well, any time back to the early nineties. Oh, the late yeah. 80s with Shivani, it's like it's 20 odd years he's been shouting out, I think 30 years now. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And uh, the whole Impact things, I, I don't get it because the th- only people watching Impact are people that can't change the channel because they're like, it's so <laughs> inebriated they've lost their remote. <laughs> or they've like locked onto the wrong Twitch thing by mistake. Yeah. Um, I, I, when it first kind of came about, I was like, I don't see how this benefits AEW. Yeah. Hmm. As a kind of promotion, because it feels like it's it's gaining you know it's gaining impact viewers far far more. Yep. I mean, yeah. Apparently, the, the the first impact show that um, Kenny Omega turned up on was like the highest rated impact for like ten years or something like that. <laughs> I can think um, that yeah. People two. Yeah, on a on a on a network that their parent company owned. Uh, oh, but yeah. you know, <laughs> it's like, um, but even so, I think it's it's from a point of view of companies working together to get through a pandemic at a difficult time then yeah i can see why yeah. they're doing it yeah i, I, mean, I can and... see i can see logistically why it makes sense but i'm thinking storyline wise yeah. why does kenny omega care about impact are doing yeah only because he's pal because it's, it's don Callis. well yeah it's don Callis. it's the good brothers i get that Winnipeg, connection but all that sort of thing yeah it's, like it's just legi- like logistically it makes sense but it doesn't make make sense that that makes sense yeah no i mean i i, I think you can draw like, the dots but like why the dots are being drawn in the first place it's like yeah okay we'll, we'll go with it and see where it goes you know I'd, I'd like more companies to turn up and you know do it you know because they, they've already got like the nwa women's show they've got sitting deep appearing yeah, on yeah. dynamite i keep wondering where's nick aldis in all oh, this well they could always have the rematch yeah, is, but, Nick I mean, Aldis, is he stuck in the UK or something like Pac was? I think so. No, he lives in his, in America. Does lives he live in America? He's um, oh, married to Mickey James, isn't he? I don't know. Oh yeah, he must live in America, surely. You follow the Instagram to wrestlers much more than we do, Cameron. So I think you've been in there. Well, yeah, you know, I just I'm, I'm, I'm more of an OnlyFans person personally. <laughs> booking, I'm booking, you know, booking left, right, and centre. Oh, uh, I remember, I remember last night when I saw Nick Aldis when he wrestled in. Um, at Target in Carlisle, like two or three years ago, the, the chant of "Your shit, but your wife is fit" was <laughs> <laughs> hilarious. That's, that's, uh, that's for the Scottish wrestling fans for you, isn't it? Never wants to. Uh... 
I'm missing yep. a chat like that. <laughs> it was like, you're shit, but your wife is fake. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like... That's quite imaginative. Yeah, it was yeah, yeah you, do, you do have to respect it. I mean, there is that. He did, definitely. Yeah, he, he did acknowledge it. It was funny. <laughs> <laughs> There's an, an amazing um, Idiot Kingston promo where he, he says not a lot of very unkind things towards Nick Aldis because he, he claims Nick Aldis is ducking him. And it's like, dude, you're Eddie Kingston. I don't want to get you anywhere near me. You've killed me. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, I do love Eddie Kingston, though. He is a oh, fantastic oh, cool. He's cool. Did you see his um, going back to the Bruni tribute? His backstage speech. Yes. Yeah, I saw Oft. that. Yeah. Did you see He's that a... thing they put up of all the people who donated to like political causes that run up to the American election? And it's like you know, yes. you know Christopher Irvine, blah 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 blah, <laughs> Florida donated to Trump, 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 Trump. Then there's Eddie mm-hmm. Kingston putting like as much money again into Biden's campaign. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just Eddie <laughs> Kingston just donating to Biden all the time. <laughs> Which is great. Has oh, Al made his coffee yet? Yeah, I'm, I'm waiting. I'm waiting to start. So oh, right, okay. Sorry, I thought you were still away making your coffee. That's why we were jabbering. Yeah. We, 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 we lost the word. Filling in, weren't we? We were doing the... Uh... We were doing the cold open. Yeah. This lasted about 20 minutes. Celtic are 1-1 tonight, Cameron. Sorry? Celtic are 1-1 against Livingston. Oh, injecting oh. things. Scottish. How long before Neil Lennon's trying to can into the sun? Can we just do it tomorrow? Just no, he needs, to, he needs to stay. He needs to stay. No, he's turning into Vince he's McMahon. He's the turning man. into Vince he's McMahon. Stay. He's, he's lost his mind. He needs to stay. It's so funny. Oh, come up to my place and live it up. Right, anyway. Let's that was <laughs> your Scottish football update for the week. <laughs> yes. Won the killie. <laughs> now, to return, now to return to the rest of Anyway, shall we begin? Yeah, so this was my choice, my my Christmas choice that got delayed after Christmas. Oh, so it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. We did the listener request for the Christmas show, didn't we? We did, yes, for our live Christmas special. So I picked this treat of a show, Return Into Our Roots, with Survivor Series 1998. WWF Survivor Series Deadly Game. Well, I've done, I've done 88, so I don't know who's on the wrong show. I don't say 98. Jesus Christ. You said 98, yeah. <laughs> you said 98, yeah. I think I've done 88. I'll, I'll, I'll stick well. like, the entire 98 intro in there and then come back and cut out. It'll be fine. I'll I, I, did, I did say on Discord, I did double check <laughs> this was the right show because I thought it was 89 initially. So I picked Survivor Series 1988. 88. Yeah, you got it wrong the first time round, kids. Don't listen to him. Don't listen to him. I know nothing about podcasting and/or wrestling. It's jam-packed here in the Richfield Coliseum for this World Wrestling Federation event, Survivor Series. It's going to be a classic. Hello, everyone, and welcome. I'm Gorilla Monsoon, along with Jesse the Pilgrim Ventura. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody, and get set because. Yes, there's excitement ahead. I'm giving thanks, Gorilla, because there's nowhere I'd rather be than scenic Cleveland on Thanksgiving night, and I'm ready to survive. So, why did I pick why did I pick this one? Well, A, because like we've done like a, a lot of non kind of real this is like a real nostalgia pick. I don't think we've done like a real nostalgia pick for a while. Okay. Looking at the schedule, so I thought, ah, let's let's just do let's do one like a real kind of comfort blanket show. This is me. This is like a real comfort blanket. I think I kind of 
talked a little bit about that at the end of the last time. Because like this would have been um, out on video in the UK, I think Christmas of like eighteen to eighty nine. So probably right. the year after, I think. If I think it was on video, like say, yeah, Christmas like nineteen eighty nine into ninety, I think when I when I picked it up. So I think I think this is what the video that kind of sealed the deal for me for wrestling. So I've seen okay, things yeah. beforehand. I would have seen WrestleMania four four no four slash five because I remember the big steps. I remember seeing a few bits and pieces, but this would probably would have been like the first wrestling show I've kind of properly watched because I had it on video at home. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's the you know the VHS is kind of you know big box Hulk Hogan and Matchman on the front. It's that proper kind of um, era of the WWF where it's not quite into the eighties and nineties decline. It's like just on the cusp. Of the, where things start to go downhill, so Matra's got the belt, Hogan's like in the tag team with the Mega Powers. There's a million tag teams running about the place. It's a glorious era, to be honest. You know, it's, it's as I will probably agree with me. It's probably like you know, in my in my mind's eye, it's one of those perfect times because it's the best thing where I first came to it. So there's that kind of level of nostalgia that's hard for me to kind of put to one side when, when I watch it. So that's why I picked it because it's a big comfort blanket. And I think there's a moment in the show where I think it's the bit where I kind of went, yes, wrestling's for me. I kind of like properly kind of like, I'm not giving this up because this is amazing. I will uh, highlight that point when we get to it when it's later on in the show. Okay. okay. Yeah, so this is Grand. the second annual Survivor Series. Um, mm-hmm. At some place where I forgot because I didn't write it down. Is it the, the Richmond Richmond Coliseum? Coliseum? There we go, yeah. yeah. Richmond Coliseum. Uh, no intro, nothing at all. Just a graphic on screen and boom, straight into Jesse and Gorilla. Because there's your commentary yep. team for tonight. And Jesse's got his pilgrim hat on. Yes, yes. Jesse's the pilgrim venture tonight. Because it's it's um, Thanksgiving, isn't it? Yep. Yep. So I think this is almost as well one of the most topical shows we've done because it's only two months out from the actual you know, year event. <laughs> still after the fact, but it's still topical for us. It's still, that's, still that's yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's within three months, so that's, you know, that's topical, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, we'll go with that. Yeah, so this is the, uh, I think it's the second annual Survivor Series where teams of five strive to survive. Um, and I think we'll realise at some point why that number dropped from five to four at some point, and then they started dropping the tag team, the Survivor Series match out of the way. So it's pure Survivor Series matches. There's, is it four or five? It's four, isn't it? Uh, there's yeah, five, five matches in this game. Five, yes. yeah. Five oh, yes. Survivor Series matches. Four. four. Thank you, Alan. What matches on the card? No, it's four. You're right. You're right. Okay. Yeah. To be fair, but... the second match could have been two matches if we separated it. But we'll get to that <laughs> oh, in a minute. It just, it just felt like five. Yeah, <laughs> here we go. Mr. Okay. Negativity coming out again with his fucking attitude. Can right. we can we point out something in the first few seconds of the show, by the way? Yeah, of course we can. Why have Monsoon and Jesse got phones on their commentary desk? I have no idea. I I I just assume it's for their you know for for um contacting their brokers for you know shares and stuff. I know what it's for. It's They've for been the ordered from the Warwick. <laughs> <laughs> They've been getting their, their uh, Donna Kebab burger. That's what they've been yep. doing. They've been getting their chili burger yeah. in from the Warwick, flown all the way across exclusively on Vincent Mann's yeah. private jet. Oh, yes. The, the first thing I should point out is that when I watched this, this was the, I watched the Coliseum video release, which I think, as Al briefly discussed last week, and probably will go into more detail, is edited differently than the show that's on the network. Okay. Um, the main thing is that this match on the original video was second. The opening match was second. The tag team match was first. And the backstage interviews were different. There's about three or four of them backstage with Sean Mooney that aren't on this video. 
one that's one that i'm okay. very disappointed about because it's a cracker with jake the snake will come to you later um but yeah so All like right. so watching this was a bit weird because like i like i've watched the video so many times so like the moments were like emblazoned into my memory but there's like the odd bit like i hadn't seen before because i'd never watched it fully on the network all right okay so it was weird it's it's a shame they haven't got like the two versions on there that you can kind of flick between to watch the two different ones because i mean like how much extra space that cost them you know but maybe it's like i think we said before about the why isn't there like the um um the armed service audio of jim ross and monsoon doing the commentary as like a separate as an alternate audio track on the pvs as well you know where they were oh, up in be, the audience yeah that would be cracking like, yeah yeah, why yeah, isn't yeah, that yeah up in, in the gods radio, almost like WF or something, wasn't yeah doing it for like the armed forces weren't they or whatever like having that's like an alternate track for the pvu but why isn't that just there but anyway um where they shoved jim ross when you know <laughs> after wrestlemania 9 just yeah. to sort of like because he was still the wcw guy yeah because they were literally up in like in the rafters weren't they like in a desk somewhere yeah just doing the competition it's, up there. it's in um jim ross's book the first one yeah that he says that it was the first kind of sign of him being the WCW guy and then getting, you know, Gorilla was on his in, on his way out, so they yeah. effectively tried to, like, keep them going but shoved them away in a corner somewhere far, far yeah. away and then that was why they ended up literally yeah. almost but in I the bet, you know, even, even at that point, I bet Monsoon was still good I bet Ross was, I bet they were a good, uh, you know commentary team together. Well, yeah, it was a good commentary and apparently um, the JR was saying that it, because you're describing it for someone who can't see it, yeah, it it's a different, a different muscle, isn't it? Um, preparation and background work for when he did hit the main commentary desk in the late, in the sort of late nineties. Yeah, he was able to, like, to, you know, to describe the story more and give more of a picture to it. Yeah, because well, he was used to doing it without for radio rather than being for TV. Yeah. Well, if you really, if you really want to listen to them, um, they they get a match each on the pay per views they do. So if you go and watch Royal Rumble nineteen ninety four. Uh, they switch shifts for one match, the Razor Ramon IRS match. Oh, do they? You can have you can have Jim Ross and Gorilla on commentary for that match. Oh, oh nice! So much Survivor Series '93. There is the um, the Rock and Roll Express against the Heavenly Bodies. A switch up for that match as well. Probably because Vince McMahon wouldn't know who the wrestlers are, so they got no. Yeah, yeah, that kind of makes sense. Yep. So into the first match, so um, and we're straight in with the Ultimate Warriors music, uh, yes. with the team of Deep Breath, the Blue Blazer, Brutus the Barber Beefcake, Jumping Jim Brunzel, Sam Houston, and the Ultimate Warrior, versus the Honky Tonk Man, Cowboy Ron Bass, Dangerous Danny Davis, Bad News Brown, and Greg the Hammer Valentine. Yep, you got it. That's a but, lot of people. Sorry, so, sorry, it's the outlaw Ron Bass. Sorry. Oh, oh. oh <laughs> fucked it, Doyle. Fucked it's because, it. like, to say space in my notebook, I've just written, like, Honky Bass Davis Bad News Valentine. I have to remember his name. So, yeah, so this is the first this is the, the uh, first uh, Survivor Series match. Uh, I do note that they introduced um, uh, Blue Blazer as on his debut. So, I think it's his pay per view debut because I think he was around for a few matches on TV and stuff before this, but so this is like his first time he's been on pay-per-view, apparently. This, but, uh, at the risk of a stupid question, this is literally Owen Hart in this pay-per-view, yeah? Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah that's okay. Yeah, I didn't know if it was like someone else played him before Owen Hart oh, played no, no, him. No, he's, the Blue Blazers has always been Owen Hart. Always yeah, been Owen Hart, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay, okay. Yep, uh, it's also worth pointing out that the, at this point, the Warriors, the Intercontinental Champion. Yes, he is. He's, he's yeah. what, he's... like a, a year or so into his run? Uh, uh, two three two years? Yeah, he's the same. Someone's like eighty-eight when he beat Honky, yeah. isn't it? 
Yeah. Yes. I mean, like in his run in the WWF, he's been there about a year or so, hasn't he? He was oh, there. Oh right, yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, that's the match. Um, there's a couple of standouts on the teams. There's Sam Houston, I think, is kind of fairly new at this point, and we do get a cowboy off with him and Ron Bass later on. Bad News Brown clearly doesn't fit on a tag team, but you know that comes out in the story later. And Dangerous Danny Davis. Yeah, I I wrote down is Dangerous Danny Davis Disco Inferno in disguise. <laughs> I was just about to say that when he's walking to the ring, he has got some jacket. Oculus Disco Inferno, Disco Inferno. <laughs> yeah 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 and i'm like oh okay that's not just going far enough, surely but my god it's a very stunning likeness like that's what i remember memories of that show is like him just walking to the ring with his kind of like real big swagger to his face and he immediately mm-hmm. gets um knocked out of the match with this with a yes, from brutus like pretty quickly <laughs> like it's like they clearly like boys one minute 18 it's like boys we need to get through this come on quick so we get like yeah uh, davis gets knocked out quick and then jim brunzel starts working an arm bar like, wicked thanks for that that's what we want <laughs> That's the pace we want. Jim Bronzel wasn't even meant to be on the team. No, he wasn't. It was meant to be Don Morocco. It was. Ooh, what happened to Don? Drugs? Uh, the problem was he, he left. <laughs> Just he left. left. And uh, Bronzel, Bronzel wasn't happy because they split up the Killer Bees. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Because so, so <laughs> that's yeah, what he, this show needs is more tag teams. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I think Vince did think they had too many tag yeah. teams, so they split them up. This is kind of thread throughout all the matches, like some like weird people being in there. But I've got a theory as to why that is so. We'll we'll come to that later on in the show. Like I think I know. I think I can understand why that would be. They're just kind of struggling for people to kind of chuck into matches at this point. Because mm. like you know, even though it's only kind of four matches, that's still like a lot of people, isn't it? Because you got five well, guys on each side. Yeah, it's about fifty people by the end almost. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, I suppose 88, they did have quite a big roster. They kind of absorbed a few of the territory at this point, haven't they? Because, like, the only ones left really at this point is Crockett. So, I suppose it's not long until WCW gets formed. But I think, like, pretty much all the other territories, Vince has kind of bought up the top guys now at this point. Can we pause for a moment to talk about Brutus Beefcake's disturbing trousers? I wrote that down as well. I was. Are you referring to the vents that kind of go up either side? <laughs> I am referring to the rather disturbing trousers. They're seen through on the on the outside edge of his thighs, aren't they? But it goes yeah. all the way up to the top. It, cut, it cuts in really, really close to his deck, and I wasn't sure how I felt about it. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a bit like it it it's it's very much a kind of like um, long legged version of a banana hammock. Yeah, <laughs> nope. I, mean, I think I think at this point, like when I was a child, and I think it was because I was a child, like brief is on the card. Like he's somebody I kind of remember from watching WrestleMania. Kind of jumped out because his music was good, and he had a pair of scissors, and he had like crazy jackets. But when you kind of go back to Briefcake, I think it's only like his, yeah, the trousers that stand out. If that makes sense. Yeah, that's fair. He yeah. was really, he was, he had a character, but it wasn't really that well developed as such. It's just no. like, oh, I like cutting hair. It's like, oh, hey, cool. <laughs> but it's not even like he's like you know the kind of wrestler with his job kind of guy because it's not like he no. comes out dressed as a barber. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, he just has a pair of scissors and weird tights. Yeah, and I think if you booked a, a, a hair appointment and then he walked into the room, <laughs> I, I, you, would, be... you wouldn't be sticking around. Bad news takes out Brunzel with a ghetto blaster, which is a great name for a finisher. I I, I did not realize that was called the ghetto blaster, and I approve of that as a finisher. Yeah, it's a good name. It's a good name. It's, it's good. Yeah, I do like. I like it as well. I think it's quite good. Shame the guy himself is so dull. <laughs> he, I mean, I like him in the ring. Like when he does his promos later, I mean, that's not great. But like when you see no. him, kind of like you know, he spends the next few minutes slowly murdering Sam Houston. Yeah, true. Just by hitting him really hard, because um, I think Houston's kind of similar. He's just like a kind of like he's like a pair of tights in the ring. He's just got like no charisma, but he can take a battering really well. Oh yeah, he can take kicking quite nicely. 
there's a few times I think when like bad news just kind of hits him. It's like, oh, he's actually killed him. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, he, he, he's actually gone. He's actually dead. Um, but yeah, so quite soon after that, I think Valentine comes in, hits bad news by mistake, and bad news just kind of goes, screw it, I'm gone, and just walks. Yeah, he does. He's, he leaves. He walks. He goes because he's bad news, and like, but like that would be stupid, but it makes complete sense for his character. So I quite appreciate that. I've got a trivia question. Oh, a trivia question. Oh, here we go. Get the, get the, he wants to be a millionaire music on, Phil. That's for the edit. How was Bad News Brown eliminated from the 1989 Survivor Series? Um, does he not end up fighting down the aisle? I want to say with Piper. Is it with Piper? No, that's Royal Rumble, Royal Rumble. Oh, right, okay. That's Royal Rumble. Um, that's, where, that's where I'm thinking of it from, then, yeah. Does he walk away from that one as well? You're right, it's exactly the same. They're doing exactly the same. Oh, Jesus. This time it's the big boss man who punches him, and yes, they do the same spot where he's holding somebody, the movie punches him, and he walks out the match. You'd think they'd be from last year. If you have him in the match, just don't punch him. Just don't do it. So, yes, he's gone. Houston tries to sneak a roll up on Greg Valentine but misses. Then we get our cowboy battle between Ron Bass and Houston, which ends up again with Bass again slowly murdering Houston. Like you see, like a recurring theme during the match. I think I think he gets taken out now by a power slam and uh, ends him off. I quite but, like that. I quite like that uh, little finish. It was a monkey flip. Did he go for a monkey flip or something? And he he turned it into a power slam. Is that right? Yeah, catching doesn't he? I think that was a quite that was a quite nice little uh, little finish on it. Uh, yeah, because like we always have that thing with Survivor Series matches where like. The what it takes to get a three count drop, like the bar drops significantly. Oh god, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You can People get eliminations like, like arm bars and, and that. Yeah, <laughs> but like you know, I think the, it still kind of maintains. You know, bad news does his finisher to knock this guy out. It's a big power time to do it. Like it still kind of gives it like a little bit of heft to get a three count. Yeah, yeah. it's simple, but there's enough. Like you say, it's enough power and find it to make you think. Ah, okay, maybe he is actually stunned enough to get a three count. But it's nothing like spectacular. But yeah. in a match like this, you're building up to the the final sort of fall. So it's it makes sense to have sort of not unexciting finishes in between, but sort of more low-key finishes when you're building yeah. up Sneaky to the final crescendo. Sort of thing. Yeah, that, that well, makes sense at the beginning of a Survivor Series match. Yeah, it does. Well, that's the problem we've got now, is a, a wrestling match won't end until 27 finishes are hit. And they've kept 26. God, yeah, that's like the... Is it the right... The, I, I remember clearly from like one of the Brock uh, Lesnar, Roman Reigns's um, WWE WrestleMania set, uh, main events, they were like... 16 suplexes and five Superman punches, and he's still. It's like, oh, it's why? Why? If we're up to that many numbers, what's the point anymore? Yeah. Meanwhile, in New Japan, you hit your finisher, it's done. Yeah. What was the Fiend, the Fiend thing in Seth Rollins? What was that? Was it seven curb stomps or something? What was it? Oh, it's it's triple like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a bit too much. Like, but then, like, again, like in AW, you, you hit by the Judas effect and you, you, it's a three count, isn't it? I don't think anyone's... Like, they do no, work on protecting their finishes. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, speaking of protected finishers, the Warrior's in now. Um, Jesus, the... And he decides to basically just throw the Blue Blazer at somebody. Yeah, I kind of felt sorry for the Blue Blazer here. He's like, oh, it's my paper's debut and I'm, I'm just getting manhandled by this giant, roided-up crazy man. I'm just getting chucked <laughs> out. Yeah, then he, he, he tries to, to do a jump over Valentine, just doesn't duck enough and headbutts him in the crotch. <laughs> yes, I've written that. Yeah, sure, that felt good. It's like, oh, come on, come on, guys. But like, uh, and then he does like a really good suplex, and then um, he goes up again to the top rope, and Honky sneaks down there and pushes him off the top rope. 
lands on both his knees, which looks really painful. Uh, yeah. And then um, Greg comes in with a figure four to finish him off, which again, that, you know, him landing off the top of him to his knees, figure four, that makes sense to get him out of the ring, doesn't it? So It is like three seconds between it being applied and then the laser tapping. Yeah. yeah. But well, the, that's the... how damaged his knees were. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I don't, I'm exactly not saying it's bad, I'm just saying, but I don't think he even taps because it's, we're, we're a bit. No, don't before... tap. He just has to say we submit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. you have to actually. The referee just kind of like bundles him out. <laughs> yeah, done, son. Off you go. You're done. <laughs> Get back down the aisle. Hit the showers, yeah. boy. Yeah, Brutus comes in. He starts getting worked over, which is good. And there's this, this thing where like Monsoon keeps calling him Brutai, which is just really annoying. It's just a monster. Yeah, he always did. But it's like Chico, isn't it? That was Jesse Ventura's thing, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but it's like. Brutai, I don't get it. I just, I just don't get it. Even when, even when I was a kid, I was like, that doesn't make any sense. Um, but yeah, they do all the healing on Brutus. Can I really smash him up? Is it a sleeper? Then him and Honky Tonk Man go, go to the outside? Because that's the feud, isn't it? Him and Honky Tonk Man. Or was it him and Warren? Yeah. I can't remember what the kind of main feud was. It's kind of, it was Honky Tonk in, in um, Beefcake. It's kind of moved on to the Warrior in Honky now. So they're kind of just in between feuds almost. So yeah. Yeah, so they get double counted out uh, out to the outside. get dragged back to the uh, to the outside. And then we're in a warrior two-on-one situation as he gets kind of worked over a lot. Which does lead, I think, this bit is like probably like my my highlight, my highlight of this match. Okay, can I, I, want, I want to just add a piece here. Go on I bet, For you who were watching this for the first time, right? If you could have guessed a thousand moves, I bet you still wouldn't have got how warrior finished the match. Absolutely <laughs> not. Because I was, I was shocked when this was the finish. I was, I was yeah. like, that is it? Really? Would, would this be the, the what I describe as a running axe handle? A double axe, <laughs> handle. Double axe handle. Yeah, I don't, did he ever use that as an actual finisher? Because like, he was doing so. the shoulder charge, wasn't he? Because I remember that being his finisher in games at the time. Well, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't remember him ever using it again. Maybe he used it on television. Never used it at a pay-per-view again to pin anyone. Yeah. Um, because it's a shit finish. Can I, can I point <laughs> out? Can I point something out, lads? Can I put just quickly? Oh, yes, if you so press, if you if, if you press B and A together in WrestleMania Challenge on the oh, NES, he does the action. Sorry. <laughs> Come on. You bastard. Don't <laughs> got him over him. Yeah, the, the, he just like he does a double. Does one of those double axe handles to run bass. Warrior drops down for the pin. Valentine's on the floor, kind of behind him. So Earl Hebner has to leap over Valentine. Yeah. And he lands in the pinning position, which is like one of the greatest things I think I've still seen in my life for a referee to do. And then Valentine goes in to stop the pin, but does it by like falling forward really slowly, so long that he misses the <laughs> misses breaking the pin, and the warrior pins yeah, uh, well, Eris at the end. Yeah, uh, but the warrior came out on top, and all the what the hell are the warriors fans called the little warriors. Is that what warriors it, was? Was like, it was like, yeah, speak to me, warriors. Yeah, yeah. Little yeah. warriors, yeah, that's it. It wasn't. I thought like... I was talking to one of the four voices in his head. Yeah. But I think, like, you know, it's a bit of a daft opening, but I think at this part of his career, putting the warrior on first makes, like, a lot of sense. Gets the crowd going. You know, because it gets the crowd going, you know, getting, yeah. like, having going for, like, five, ten minutes to get the crowd. I mean, this lasts a bit longer than that, but, you know, like, he gets the crowd on the feet. Like he doesn't do, you know, outlandish moves. The match kind of gets gets in and gets out again. So mm-hmm. I always kind of feel like well, after this, like I always kind of felt like, maybe, like, especially for this kind of period, like the opening match was probably like the best spot for the Warrior. Well, yeah, because you're not expecting a long match. You're expecting to see everyone, especially Warrior. I mean, yeah, I'm sure people didn't realize back in the day that Delta Warrior blew up during his intro because, well, he was a he psychopath. Too fast, it? Yeah, but well, the, yeah. a match like this where you've got 
five, we've got four other tag team opponents. It's perfect because you can get in, do your stuff, get out, rest. Yeah. Get in, do his, get his stuff, get out, rest. It's it's yeah. almost like it's been designed for the warrior because of his limitations when it comes yeah. to his stamina. And having like having this music hit at the beginning, like get, that gets the crowd in mm-hmm. their feet. They kind of get pumped up for the show. It's, it kind of makes real sense. Mm-hmm. That's like you know, as an opener, not bad. A bit daft in places, but it's a Survivor Series match. What can you do? I've got another piece of trivia. Oh, go on, Al. Um, the Warrior must hit doing gorilla presses at Survivor Series because he didn't <laughs> hit one gorilla press then. Although he does hit two in '89, he doesn't hit one in '90 either. Oh. Like he pins three people in Survivor Series 90 and doesn't gorilla press any of them. Because his finish was the gorilla press into the splash, wasn't it? That was his big finish. Yeah, he just does the shoulder charge into the splash instead. Yeah. And uh, like I said, he improvises to no end for the finish <laughs> in this one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, do you, do you actually think the Warrior forgot the finish and just went double axe handle? <laughs> Probably. I believe had to go for it. To say, was it the good old wrestling challenge, was it? <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, it seems to be on there, doesn't it? It seems to be Warriors' special move on that game. Warriors, do, Warriors double, you press both buttons in WrestleMania Challenge <laughs> to get the finishing move, and Hogan's got the leg drop, and Rick Rude's got the rude awakening, and Bossman's got the sidewalk slam, but Ultimate Warriors... And think it's as it should be. Like that forward. I remember the sound effect, it just went... <laughs> like that, to the double act handle. <laughs> So, we come to the second match, which on the Coliseum video, I think, was the first match. And I think this is the crown jewel of this Survivor Series. The reason why it's probably, like, you know, as famous as it is. And this is the the Survivor Series tag team match with five teams on each side of the ring. There's a lot of beef in this. people, it's crazy. It's ridiculous. We have the Powers of Pain, the British Bulldogs, the Heart Foundation, the Young Stallions, and the Rockers Mm -hmm. versus... Demolition, the Brainbusters, the Bolsheviks, the Fabulous Rougeos, and the Conquistadors. Yes. Well, I spent ages on the notes writing Conquistadors so much. <laughs> it's like Alan said, it, it's it's ridiculous. And I think this is why yeah. like there's a lot of random people in the card because like you know, there's a probably match later on where you slot in the Heart Foundation. There's matches where you slot in the the Bulldogs, but because every single tag team's involved in this match they can't be like the filler guys in other, in other Survivor Series matches. They're all stuck in this one. But like that, that, that when you first see like when they're all in the ring and they're all like stood out on the outside, and like the hard cam can't see in the ring because there's so many people. It's just like wow, this is just and nuts. Then there's, uh, four managers on the outside as well. Yeah, I think. yeah, so yeah. For the heel team, people. yeah. We got who's it? Uh, Heenan, Fuji, um, Slick, Slick, and Jimmy Hart, isn't it? And Jimmy Hart, yeah. And Jimmy Hart, yeah. I think the main signifier of how many people are in this match as well is when someone runs the ropes in the early fo- <laughs> moments of this match, <laughs> everyone has to move to give move to space one side. so they don't collide with each other. They are actually really aware of what's going on, don't yeah. they? I would love to know how much planning went into this match, like, in the sense of, did the wrestlers just have a rough idea and they got, went and did it themselves, or was it laid out pretty much? You I know, it's like, a hard call, isn't it? I, I think it effect. must be a lot of on-the-spot stuff. Well, I, I think how do you get there? Well, but it, it goes to show you the amount of good people involved in the match. Oh yeah, no, oh, totally, yeah, yeah. This match is basically the United Nations of like wrestling, if you think about it. Yeah. Oh. Because really, yeah. looking at the teams, the weak, the weak links are probably powers of pain are quite new, so they're weak links on the, here on the um, on the face side. No, not powers of pain, man. <laughs> well, maybe war, maybe um, 
uh, what's his face more than not, not barbarian but you know the other fellow i'd say probably like you know like your younger teams aren't quite established i'd say that maybe even like the rockers are the sort of like weaker yeah, team the, in the face side yeah rockers haven't been in long uh, yeah how was it pain like you know their free demolition is what's powering this whole thing hmm. yeah no pun intended yeah <laughs> but even like the conquistadors like the ghost of the mass was stuff like the, i can't i don't think i've written down here they were but they are pretty good wrestlers aren't they they're from the puerto rican uh, fellas Louis, Riviera, oh, Jose Estrada and Luis Riviera, I think. Yeah. Me. So the guys uh-huh. know what they're doing. Um, so yeah, like to kind of get this match to work as well as it does, and to keep it as pacey as it does, because like the whole thing has has a kind of great pace to it. I don't think it, there's a few bits where it kind of slows down where they're working people over. No, I think it's interesting as well that all we was ten on ten, if one member of a tag team got eliminated, both were gone. I found yeah. I thought it was a really interesting complex because then the tag team relationships could be frayed there as well because if your your partner is the one that gets you eliminated, you'd be pissed off. So they could have played off that as well. Yeah. There's also so the I, option that if, if it was like a case of your partner could stick around, this match would probably be about three and a half hours long. Well, yeah. <laughs> it was, I mean... A special nine videotape box set. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're probably still wrestling now. Yeah. <laughs> but it's but the whole thing's great. Like, you know, it's got it's demolition in their pomp. They're the tag team champions. Yep. You know, they, uh, with the Fuji behind them. So they're, they're the heels that come into this. Well, um, Fuji but, behind them initially. Yeah, initially. <laughs> we got Dynamite Kid with a mustache. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. The Rougeos with their little American flags come to the ring. I, Brilliant. I, I did enjoy the, oh, we're, we're going to be Americans. And obviously Monson <laughs> mentions that they're going to be American citizens soon because obviously they're Canadian at the moment and that just riles up French yeah. in the wrong way. Yeah. yeah. And then um, they get, they thing... get the All-American Boys theme song not long after that. <laughs> oh, God. Like the Rougeos, All-American Boys. All-American Boys. Oh. Brilliant. But one thing, like, the, the kind of secret weapon to this match, it might sound a bit weird, is the ring. Because, like, it sounds ridiculous. There's a few bits where, like, Axe would, like, club Marty Gennetti to the floor. And just the sound <laughs> of him pounding guys onto the, um, the hitting people. Like, the ring just had this kind of real kind of bassy boom to it, or maybe kind of hit. Well, that's using your head. Look, he changed it to his team's advantage. There goes Demolition. The biggest thing about the early doors of this match, though, is that this match can go 100 miles an hour because everyone's only in for, like, 30 seconds at a time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In yeah, it's in and out, isn't it? So you're not going to get knackered because you're going to tag out within about a minute. So, yeah. you know, everyone gets stuff in. But it means that this match can logistically go, like, 100 miles an hour for a good 15, 20 minutes. Yeah, until it starts thinning out a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, you, know, you get Dynamite gets in his snap suplex. It's a great bit with... um. Teddy Blanchard's like getting pinballed between all the good guys. Yes. Just staggering yep. around. And he's, yeah. he's probably my, like, we can we talk about it more at the end, but Teddy Blanchard's probably like one of my highlights of the match. Like, his whole work in this one's brilliant. Well, there's that hilarious bit where he gets tagged in and just like gingerly steps across the ring and tags <laughs> yeah. the yep. He's he, just like, I don't want this. <laughs> he, comes, he comes in, sees Warlord, is like, ah, you know, you're all right, and goes and tags Sax or somebody. He's <laughs> like, nah, I'm out. First team eliminated is uh, the Rougeau brothers. I think Hitman gets yep. a sneaky small package on Raymond. You like a piece of trivia? Oh, Gosh, Alan, no. come on. All right, there is a reason. Oh. You've probably Ooh. heard the story, so I'll try and condense it the best I can. But uh, Jack Russo and Dynamite Kid had a big bust-up backstage a few months earlier because um, um, Jack Russo's clothes, I think, were in the shower or ripped up or something, and they've told him it was Dynamite Kid. Turns out it was probably Mr. Perfect in hindsight. But anyway, that's how it all started. And um, I think he accused him of he accused Dynamite of doing it, and Dynamite slapped him in front of everybody. 
So Jack ah. wanted revenge. So he got like um, a roll of quarters in his hand and smacked Dynamite in the face and knocked out two of his teeth or something. Oh, yeah, I've heard of this. Wow. Uh, so Vince was really frightened about what was going to happen. So the story is he said Jack had to pay for uh, his uh, dental treatment and Jack refused. So Vince oh. went, well, okay, that's fine. I'll pay for it. Will you just pretend you paid for it, right? That's, that's <laughs> how we're going to do it, right? <laughs> so anyway, Good old Uncle Vince. He'll take uh, care of you. Just don't tell bull- anyone. The Bulldogs put the notice in. So this was the Bulldogs' final match. And Vince was like, something's going to go down. You know, revenge is going to go down. <laughs> and he didn't want it. So mm-hmm. leave it yeah, said, the right, get the Ruzos eliminated. They're just going to leave the arena whilst the Bulldogs are still wrestling. And then <laughs> we've got nothing, you know. That's it. it the Ruzos are gone. The Bulldogs, uh, they keep them near the end of the match to give the Ruzos a tough fight this day. Well player. And no no trouble. No trouble about it. <laughs> just, just, just avoid a potential HR nightmare. It's probably a slightly better solution uh, to, for Vince to not have someone go to business for themselves on Survivor Series pay-per-views. Well. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just separate them. Be all right. <laughs> Uh, Barbarian comes in just starts battering folk because that's what he does. I think he murders the conquistador. <laughs> he comes in. That's all he does. Which I just is... the Barbarian is just here to hit people. That's literally all he was there for. He too. keeps doing this big boot to the people's heads that just looks vicious. Yes! It's the kick of fear. It, yeah. Really? It's it's just... Well, you probably would fear it. Would fear it. Fear. Name, yeah, but I think that's what the, it was called in WCW, wasn't it? The kick, the kick of, of fear. fear. <laughs> I, I could be wrong. I, I seem to think of that so anyway. Yeah, so, um, then we get Shawn Michaels. Uh, this is a great little bit where he kind of gets caught by Smash and he just kind of drapes him on the, on the turnbuckle. And his, though, his legs are in the air, he's getting battered. Fuji's having a swing with his cane and all sorts as he gets like properly caught in the corner. And then he gets out of that and then Arn Anderson hits him with probably the greatest spine buster I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> it was pretty good. Well, it's a double A spine buster, isn't it? So <laughs> That wasn't the moment that got me interested. It was the moment coming up now with Marty Jannetty and I think it's one of the Conquistadors. Okay. Where Jannetty hits the ropes, um, the Conquistador goes to armbar him and Jannetty just spins out of it and lands on his feet. Hard to keep track this one, the pace is so fast, Jess. I'll tell you, Gorilla, can you imagine what it's like in that ring? Oh, mayhem! Look at that move! Spin right out of that hip lock attempt! I don't think I've ever seen that. All the years you've been in wrestling, Gorilla. I don't think I've ever seen that. There was a time when Marty was competent and not just drunk 24-7. I know. And not killing people in woods. Um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He he put it on Facebook, not me. I mean, come on. That's true, he did. I suppose, yeah. yeah, I was going to say alert the Conquistador's legal department, but I think, uh, (laughs) yeah, I suppose. Wasn't it also Marty Gennetti that, like, was doing this thing about asking people on Facebook whether it was sort of morally correct for going after this lassie who he thinks, you know, who he, th- he finds really, really attractive but might be his half-sister or something like that. Yeah, that's I, I regularly remember something like that. He, this was, was just a like... Time where just should have been not on social media. Yeah. It's why, you're, it's why your drunk uncle shouldn't have a Facebook account. That's basically why, isn't it? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. That's what's going on. But yeah, like him spinning out of that, like I don't think I'd ever seen anything that impressive in my entire life up to that point. So, I've, you know, nine slash ten. Like, I don't think I've ever seen anything like that impressive with somebody like, but he span out of an armbar. Like Are that you trying to tell me, Phil, at no point in your early days of growing up in Gloucester did you see anyone in the city spin out of an armbar? No, weirdly. Bloody hell. I know. Where did you even grow up? 
It's not something you'd see on British wrestling either. either to be honest, no, God, no, no, definitely. Like an armbar would be a finisher, but no. Yeah, so, yeah. So, I've, so I'm pretty sure, like watching this video as a small kid, like the build up, like the, the opening to this match, all these people, weird masks, face paint, Marty Jannetty spins out an armbar. Like this is wrestling for me. Uh, like this is like the perfect storm of getting into wrestling. I can see why it would be because this is the you know when you look around this ring, you're like, this is just crazy. This is insane. This there's like you know two people in bondage gear. There's French people, I don't know what's going on. It's just insane. Uh, there's yeah. Russians, like, um, I think it's Nikolai Volkov keeps getting pinned and he just, like, keeps pressing out of it, like, just throwing the person out of the pin, which is brilliant. Mm-hmm. There's two large gentlemen dressed in pink and somehow making it work. Yeah, <laughs> somehow making it work. <laughs> yeah, Jim Neinhardt looked enormous in this match. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But he throws, like, at one point, he kind of he throws up a drop kick and like, that still looks really good. It's yeah, like Neinhardt could move. People forget that. Yes. Yeah. There's another good bit with a conquistador where I think he just kind of tries to punch Warlord and Warlord just basically just lifts him from the floor into a gorilla press. Oh, yeah. Just oh, messes him up from the floor and just chucks him. And then Tully gets, um, gets like a massive lariat from Dynamite Kid from, 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 for good measure. Like one, a lariat all the way from Japan. I'm sure that did not feel good. It did not sound good anyway. <laughs> it didn't look good, did it? It just like oofed. It's like, oh, there, there. That one's all yeah, the way from New Dynamite, from Dynamite always worked, shall we say, snug. 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 <laughs> well, that, look of it. That lariat wasn't snug, it was extra snug. Yeah. It was tight. <laughs> Murderous, you could say. Yes, it was an attempt on his life. Boris, but Boris Ukub uh, rolls through a crossbody to eliminate Jimmy Powers, which is a weird That's sentence to read out loud. But there's some good, again, like, they were never the biggest tag team, and obviously Paul Rome would go on to better things for power and glory. <clears throat> but they still get the moment to shine, don't they? I think well, the good thing with this match is, like I said, there's a lot of things happening, but everybody gets, like, a good moment to have, like, a good offense in to make themselves look good so everybody kind of comes out nobody comes out looking bad for this match i don't think no not at all which is hard for a tag team match because someone's not got to all. be the one to go out first but even the rougeos get some good heel heat out of it like going out first. yeah and there's no one sticking yeah. out i mean it's it's kind of like towards as the match goes on it's kind of pointed out that the conquistadors you know are kind of lucky to be in the sort of yeah. final stages of this match and it's they are surely not going to win it um, but for storyline reasons, they do. Next pin is Ginetti pins uh, Boris after a sneaky tag. It's, yeah, it's yep. a good bit of teamwork, isn't it? It's a blind tag. Yeah, it? they kind of go off the ropes. Ginetti sneaks in, boom, gone. And then Conquistador backdrops Ginetti like about four miles in the air, which is a weird thing to see. Cause they actually, because as the, you know, they're the guys, the whipping boys in the match. They still get some shots in as well, which is a bit weird. Oh yeah, yeah. But I think um, they did have to alert the local aviation authorities about how high Ginetti was going to be on <laughs> yeah. that backdrop. Like, Jesus. He did go up, adjust the lighting in the gantry, and then come back down again. Yeah, I think yeah. so, yeah. He, yeah. he was dusting some light bulbs and then came back down again. Conquistable, and one of the conquistadors is so battered he tries to tag Hitman. Uh, so Dynamite, <laughs> Dynamite tries to chop some sense into him. All, again, all the way yeah. from Japan. Like, mm-hmm. the guy's wearing like a bodysuit, and he still like gets cracked by a chop like that. It's insane. Look at this. The Conquistador don't know where he is. Oh, he's in the wrong corner. He's trying to tag the hitman. He's trying to tag anybody. He don't care. Wow, did you hear that chop? Dynamite going for a double underhook here. Don't turn it around and get that snap suplex. Dynamite didn't do anything. That just tickled. I'll say that. <laughs> no. You felt uh, everything, whether you wanted to or not. Yeah. I think it, we get a little bit of slowness at this point because I think Smash starts working over Barbarian's neck. Yeah, it had to happen at some point because yeah. everyone was probably knackered. But it's fine because, like, you know, uh, Smash looks up to the Warlord and he's like, what do you think of your partner now? <laughs> Barbarian, like, powers out of it, which 
is weird because like Smash obviously at this point is like a power wrestler, but Smash mm-hmm. would become the um the Repo Man, and Repo Man wasn't a power wrestler. I always oh, find shit. that really difficult to work out that they're the same person. You know, yeah. it, it never it never quite levels in my head that they were the same person. Yeah. It's kind of that would be like, you know, he's like his strongest barbarian, he's like, you know, as powerful as those kind of guys, but then like he, he, he evolves into the Repo Man. How does that work? Yeah, I don't. It's like they must have had a meeting at some stage and went, you know, how you were in this sort of um, all dominating tag team that would just basically blitz through everyone. Well, yeah. we want to pretend to steal cars. Yeah, because you need a, you need a job now. Because being yeah. like a, a member of a post-apocalyptic, you know, cult can't be a job in wrestling anymore. You got to be a got to be yeah, a you, gotta, you know you got to have something that you you, you you know wrestling's only a thing you do on the side. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know, got to get it to identify people. You know, to get them ident- you know to identify whether you need to be a bin man or <laughs> a, a disgruntled hockey player or yeah, a mortician. <laughs> yeah, or a mortician. <laughs> Uh, Hitman comes in and starts going through his five moves of doom. Of course. I think he's just missing the side Russian leg sweep. That's the only one he doesn't hit during that sequence. Uh, right. I can imagine him going, there is nobody good enough in this match to pin me. Nobody's good enough to pin me. <laughs> <laughs> so explain, so he does a... Oh, bless you, Brett. <laughs> so he hits Tully Blanchard with... It is Tully Blanchard, isn't it? Hits him with a German suplex. Goes to pin him. But Comtry says Tully rolls his shoulder, and makes Pitman, Hitman pin himself because it's, it's all very confusing, isn't it? But I suppose it's a way of it's a way of the Heart Foundation being eliminated without kind of protecting them, protecting them at the same time because it's not like you know it's just yeah. a sort of simple mistake that did it. It's not as if they got beat. Yeah, well, there's kind of like I think we must get into the end because there's, there's, there's a similar finish shortly where I think it's um, yeah Tully blanches him with Shawn Michaels, and Tully just kind of looks at Arnaz and just goes, "Oh, screw it." Let's just get disqualified. Let's go to the bar. So they just kind of jump in and just start fighting and brawl to the back. Yeah, that was big. That was their big feud going in. So yeah, they had a. I think it was a two out of three falls on Saturday night's main event as well. Yeah. That was like the. That was their feud between the two. So yeah, they all got. Yeah. Uh, disqualified. There's a good little bit where I think Janetti's going to get like double suplex and Michael saves him, and then they hit a double a double super kick onto the Brainbusters and then the out the back. Pat Patterson makes an appearance as he's separating them out uh, down by the entryway. Mm-hmm. Barb tries to kill somebody else with another head kick. Can't remember who, but yeah, just tried to kill him. Who's out next? Yeah, there's a few more bits where this, I think this is where the conquistadors start like being hit, and they like fall towards the corner. And it starts getting picked on the commentary more and more. That the fact that they, you know, I think you know, um, the powers of pain like throw them over that way. Davy Boy hits him towards that way. All those kind of things just start kind of you know being a little bit weird. Like, mm-hmm. oh, is there some shenanigans going on here? Maybe we'll find out soon. Next highlight, Dynamite, I think. I can't think what he does, but he gets one of the conquistadors in a pin, they kick out, and he swears. <laughs> Typical Dynamite kid style. He, he, he hits he, a tombstone on somebody, does he not? Yeah, he hits a to- I think he's on Teddy Blanchard. He hits a tombstone just for like a two count early on in the match, which I don't think... There weren't, there weren't that many tombstones flying around at that point, were there, I don't think. No, but, you know, he is the Dynamite kid. After all, he's explosive. He can do anything. Yeah, that's true. Um, and then he gets eliminated because he misses the flying headbutts. Is it Smash hits him with a clothesline, then he's done? Yes. That's the, that's the, the that's most the... popular Survivor Series finish, the good old Survivor Series clothesline. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. But he missed he missed the head, the, missed the flying head, but oh, come on, he was damaged, wasn't he? he was, it wasn't oh, quite the same. Um, and then we start getting into the real shenanigans of the match. Uh, Warlord like, hits himself on the post. Fuji starts, starts swinging his cane, like, bring him over here, lads, I'm going to get a go. Uh, here we go, yep. And Monsoon's dead. Distracting his own men, yeah. So like he's distracting his own team. Yeah, and then the yeah, but 
Yeah, he opens her up some smash. He falls through to the he falls through forward with to, to no reaction at all from the crowd. I should say, like that bit with smash falls through, the crowd just kind of goes, huh? I think it was more confusion. Like, did, was that in purpose? Did he mean yeah. to do yeah, that? I, I don't think it's quite, yeah, understanding what's going on. Yeah, it's only when like Axe comes around and starts shouting at Fuji, and then he gets smacked with a cane. Like that's yeah. when the crowd start properly reacting. Like they they've been like into the match. Well, like they've not been quiet this whole match, but that kind of bit I think has kind of stood out as like they were like, huh? Yeah. But yeah, Smash grabs him. Um, Axe slams, uh, slams Fuji. And then the powers of pain come over. What's going on here, boys? They come over. They start helping up Fuji, bring him to their corner. Jesus Christ, is this is a double face the, turn. They give me baller hats back. That's very important. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yes. Yes, they do. So now we're left with the powers of pain on one side and the conquistadors at the other. Well, I, I guess to... these two teams would have been the salt, like the last two teams in. Nobody would have guessed that. Nobody would have guessed that. You thought well, you'd end with the I've demolition powers of pain, wouldn't you? The, the, the powers of pain can't even beat the conquistadors. Can't even beat the conquistadors <laughs> clean. No, that's true. Oh yeah, does the Fuji battle one of them? Oh, he yeah. tripped him, doesn't he? he tripped him. One of them up to get the pinfall. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's two fire headbutts and yeah. three counts and the powers of pain on the small survivors with Fuji on their shoulders. <sighs> what a match that was. And then yeah. Demolition comes out at the end to chase them out of the ring. Just <laughs> yes, to, to get them out because they need to get the next match on. Well, Just to underline the to... double face turn. Yes. Yeah, you see, people go on about the Austin Bret Hart double turn thing. That's it. <laughs> It's the greatest one ever. But yeah, what do we think of like having a a, a five on five tag team match? Can we also point out that uh, Fuji's face paint that he's gone at the start of the match is, <laughs> in retrospect, much more powers of pain looking. Yes, that it is, is true. It oh, is. it was, yeah, yeah. Mm. Look at that. That's that's like a long form storytelling on a great level. That is. It is. It is. It's almost yep. interpretive art. <laughs> well, they, they did a similar match at the first Survivor Series as well. They did the whole. Um, 10 team thing at the first of our series and then I don't think they did it again till it was a five series 2016 or 2018 or something maybe I can't. was it a more recent one the, yeah. the only kind of similar thing I can remember is like the um, Survivor Series Elimination Chamber match so they did a, they did a proper Survivor Series one they did uh... but they wouldn't have that many tag teams by then though would they no because that's one thing to highlight <clears throat> it shows the depth of the, the tag team roster that like none of these teams are thrown together no Right, there isn't a team that's like two guys just kind of been tagging for like two weeks or whatever in like different gear. Like they're all proper tag teams, every single one of them, aren't they? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is they're impressive st- to say the least. Yeah, they're established. They've got a story. They, you know who they are. Then you know what their motivations yeah. are. Or instead, you've got nowadays the modern crown that is Bobby and Jim happen to be in the same place at the same time. They thought they'd make a tag team called the Bodgers or something like that. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That should be a tag team name right there. But yeah, like I think this is probably like there's probably like two kind of big high points of tag team wrestling in WWE. It's like it's around this era and then probably like the Edge and Christian era of like the early two thousands. Yeah, I'd say so. Where there's That's there's fair. lots of teams, there's lots of feuds, there's lots of different combinations of like people going on with each other. Rather than like, you know, the problem at the moment is like you tend to have like three or four teams just kind of fighting each other all the time because that's all there is. Mm-hmm. Do you want your ten on ten Survivor Series match from twenty sixteen? Go on. Oh here we go. Okay. It was a, obviously it was a Raw versus SmackDown thing. Of course, yeah, of course. Uh, so your team Raw was Cesaro and Sheamus, Ooh. Enzo Amore and Big Cass, Ooh. Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson, Yay. the New Day, which was Big E and Kofi Kingston in this instance, 
and yeah. the shining stars, which is epico and primo. Yeah. Yeah. And they had, <laughs> at least, they at, least had, uh, at least they're all tag teams though so far. They had Xavier Woods as their manager. Nice for the evening. And they defeated Team SmackDown, which was American Alpha, Chad Gable and Jason Jordan. Oh, Breezango, Fandango and Tyler oh, Breeze. Jeez. Heath Slater and Rhino. Yeah. What? Oh yeah, that's um, right. Yeah, yeah. The hype yeah. the hype brothers, which was Mojo Raleigh and Zack Ryder. And Ugh. the Uzos, Jay and Jimmy Uzo. Jeez, that's so, equivalent in the modern day. So I suppose those are all tag teams, but I can't think of many other tag teams beyond that on the card. No, I think they got them all in one match. <laughs> no, 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 there was another one. It was the opening match of sure, Survivor Series. In once again, another Raw versus SmackDown. Obviously, yeah. <laughs> once again, it's the Usos. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Jay's obviously Jay's on a winner right now. He's had oh, yeah. years. Of... Anyway, um, so Team SmackDown was the Usos, Jay and Jimmy Uso, the New Day again, which but this time it was Biggie and Xavier Woods, okay. uh, Sanity, which was Eric Young and Killian oh, Dane, rest in peace, Gallows and Anderson, and okay. the Colons, which is Epico and Primo, uh, with Kofi <laughs> Kingston and Alexander Wolf on the outside. The Colons, and they de- they defeated Team Raw, which was Bobby Roode and Chad Gable. God, remember that. Yes. Uh, the Revival, Dash Wilder and Scott Dawson. The, the B team of Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel. Oh, boy. Lucha House Party of Lindsay Dorado oh, and Calisto Grammetalik. And The Ascension, Conor and oh, Victor. Oh, The Ascension. Yes. Wow. <laughs> yeah. God, I love tag team wrestling. It is the best, isn't it? Come on. <laughs> when it's done right. It's done it's right. Not, yeah. Uh, but that, yeah, this one, I think... I, I imagine them doing it because they probably grew up watching this match. <laughs> I'm like, what? let's probably, do that. Yeah. It was brilliant. Well, but I'd be interested to see how long they had compared to this match. Um, you could probably watch them both, I would say, in the time <laughs> Within this it. one. No, that entire match in 2018 is done in 22 minutes and 20 seconds. <laughs> what's the other one? 18 minutes, 55, even shorter. Yeah. So that would be like 40 minutes, 41 minutes from them both? Is this... So like you could, yeah, you could, you could probably watch those two matches in yeah. the time. For 47 the minutes for this one, is it? I don't for, know exactly. yeah. 42 minutes, 12, according to the website, according to Wikipedia. Yeah. Later on in the 2016 edition, there is a 5 on 5 Survivor Series match that almost goes an hour. Woofed. Oh, was that the one um, AJ Styles and... The Shane McMahon one, was it? Yeah, it's uh, AJ Styles, Bray White, Dean Ambrose, Randy. To be Randy, fair, that Shane. was really good. Yeah, against Braun Strowman, Chris Jericho, Kevin Owens, Roman Reigns, and Seth Rollins. I remember that being really good, that match. Mm. That well, match was really good because it had to then be followed up by a 1 minute 26 Goldberg squash against Brock Lesnar. <laughs> yes, that was that night, wasn't it? But this match, this one's clearly the highlight of the card, for me at least. Um, it's pacey, it's got lots of action in it, it's got some cracking moments, it's got good healing, good bad, good 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 guys, good bad guy in. Yeah, it's brilliant. Like As like one of the matches that got me into wrestling, I think you couldn't really ask much more than this one. Well, I have to say, Phil, it is the best Survivor Series match, in my opinion, ever. I mean, it'd be hard to argue with that. It certainly well, is for me, anyway. The you best Survivor Series cool. team match, you mean? No, ever. Just the best series Survivor Series match ever. Oh. The best Survivor Series match ever? As in the, the Survivor Series concept, yes. Right, so the, the best team match at Survivor Series. Best traditional Survivor Series match. Yeah, yeah. thank you, Ewan. That's much okay, more. Right, okay, right, okay. I was going to say, yes. I was going to say that um, Stone Cold Bret Hart from uh, 96 would like a word. But... <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mr. So, Mr. Picky. So after after this nonsense, we cut to a backstage segment where 
the corpse of Andre the Giant is trying to cut a promo. Oh god. He looks so drunk in this promo. It's it's a bit it's a little bit. Hmm. Have, have we skipped on a bit? Or am I watching the wrong? Because I've got Sean Mooney's with Bad News Brown next. Yeah, I, I skipped beyond that. Sorry, that's my fault. All right, okay. Because you have to make a point of like Bad News Brown calling it Survival Series, <laughs> yeah, and then calling that. it then calling it Wrestler Mania. <clears throat> he doesn't he doesn't know what's going on. He doesn't care. He doesn't work for anyone. And let me tell you another thing. Survival Series means totally nothing to me. I've been a survivor on the streets of Harlem all my life. I won the WrestleMania Battle Royal. I have beaten everybody that they put against me. That's why I deserve a shot. I'll tell you what the actual highlight of this, pro- of this promo is. Uh, it's when Bad News says that he's been writing Jack Tenney letters about getting a match with Macho Man Randy Savage. <laughs> As opposed to just talking to um, him. <laughs> he's been sending them to Jack Tooney, though. That's yeah. the problem. <laughs> That's the problem. That's the problem, yeah. <laughs> Bless bad news. I can't really imagine him right, like sitting down with his like getting out his fountain pen, getting his nice paper out, getting like his you know the letter-headed paper you know from the desk of bad news, and writing out a letter to Jack President Jack Tunney. Dear Jack Tooney, I would <laughs> like to fight the maximum <laughs> at Wrestling Mania. She's <laughs> <laughs> written in crayon. <laughs> here's, oh, here's, here's what went wrong. Bad News Brown got the Iron Sheets right. His correspondence. That's, that's why he never got any response. Yeah, I just said go fuck yourself, break your back or whatever. Yeah. Done. Yeah, you know, he got the iron cheek to uh, write his correspondence, and then he was puzzled why he had to fight Brian Blair every week. <laughs> <laughs> All the bees in one match. It's not. It's not going to come across very well in like an audio format. But I have written down here that every single time Bad News Brown finishes a sentence, he pulls a face that makes it look like he's just smelt a bad fart. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And no. you know, it's just like what? Yeah. yeah. I think it's a bit harder than me. I think he was quite. Good. I like bad news. Yeah. And then we get um uh, a little promo with Fuji and the Powers of Pain. And the Powers of Pain yes. they, they've gone to heal grounding very quickly. Oh they they they're they are obviously ready for this moment because yeah. they they're going from yeah, we love the crowd to fuck everyone, here's our new they're, pal, Mr. Fuji. They're just talking about <laughs> Fuji just going like Argh. Master Fuji, yes. Master Fuji, the, not Fuji Stooge. The best Fuji quotation from this, by the way, is when he says, and I quote directly, I made the demolition the head was swelling up. <laughs> oh, yeah. it's the way he says it, Kavad. He, he gets away with it. The way he does the promo. <laughs> Tremendously <laughs> racist yeah. if said by anyone else. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I couldn't quite go that far. You, know? <laughs> you can't quite do the whole thing, can you? No. no but yeah. it's, Yes, it we was... get a lot of chat about the next match, don't we? So I think um, they, did, they actually read the, the people out because there's a bit of there about... Um, yes. Uh, is it Jesse Ventura on the on the the Jake Roberts team say they they get nothing for brains but a bit for talent? Yeah, because <laughs> yep. the co captains yeah. of that team are our favorite idiot Hacksaw, Chim Duggan, and Jake the Snake Roberts. Yeah. Our favorite, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, depends what day it was for Jake Roberts, I suppose. Yeah. So are, we, are we still in the promos before this? Because they, they they kind of announce the teams first, then they go into a promo. It's a bit of a weird setup. Yeah, because yeah. It, it, this is like the the ideal thing about how little Harley Race was thought of in the oh WWF time. It was a because crime. He is overshadowed quite literally because he's in the background and no one like yeah. you know, you can't really see him, and he, he's the only person in this team that doesn't get to say anything. Oh yeah, you'll notice being yeah. Gene's blocking him the entire the entire promo. <laughs> Yeah. Like the whole thing. He's also the only one that doesn't look mentally insane apart from Mr. Perfect, I suppose. Yeah. Well, yeah. I did note Perfect and Harley Race both wearing Survivor Series t shirts. Nice on brand. I appreciate that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Available <laughs> yeah. for $18 in yeah. the foyer. Yeah. <laughs> Probably a couple of hundred nowadays. 
Bro, yeah, that's true. Uh, Rick Rude on jeans. Uh, shut up, divot head. Excellent work from Rude there. They go, and then uh, Under the Giant has the closing line with his eyes that just look terrifying. He just seems insane in this one. It's like, I don't know what's <laughs> going does. on. Whenever just, Andre like... does these promos, right, about how, you know, at this sort of period of time with the big sort of wide eyes, I cannot, mm-hmm. like, not hear in my head, I'm the Dread Pirate Roberts. <laughs> <laughs> I can't not hear can't that not hear in it. my head. Cannot hear it. <laughs> You know, they should just, you know, he's got a big jacket on, they're wheeling him down the aisle ablaze. <laughs> Sorry. Well, that's pretty much what at that point, wasn't it? Because yeah. the whole thing of this is like, he, he's afraid of the snake. There's a bit where um, uh, they talk about the teams, and Monsoon's like, don't forget, Jesse, Damien can do anything. And it's like, yeah. well, he can mainly be a snake. Yeah, mainly. <laughs> like, I don't I don't think he's going to be tying shoelaces anytime yeah, soon. Yeah, he's, he's not going to be driving their car, like, to the hotel, you know, taking Although the bike up to was. the room. That'd be That'd great, be wouldn't amazing. it? It'll be, be amazing. But Damien's not going to be there setting up the ring, you know what I mean? Because like, he's, no. he's, he's a snake, he hasn't got any arms or legs. So he's, he's Imagine that in a sort of an alternative universe. There's like, what are the, like a, a, a section where, you know, Jake the Snake needs to make an escape from the arena and then he runs to the back parking lot and a car pulls up and the window winds down and it's Damien at the wheel going, <laughs> Jake, get in! Jake, get in the seat. Get in the seat. Get in the seat, Jake. Oh and he's just like he just coiled himself around the steering wheel, and just like <laughs> just oh. flexing the muscles to turn. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that mental image is just well, it's just me for a long time. Just there. Uh, we get a promo with the Mega Powers team, um, who are coming back later. Yep. Yeah, Hogan is like fluorescent almost in this promo. Uh, yeah, he's also stolen Hulk Hogan's um, Hercules' chains, you'll note. Yeah, I'll put that down here. He's nicked, his, he's nicked Hercules' chain. Obviously nicked Hercules' chain just mm-hmm. to do the weak link in the chain gag. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's it. He's probably just grabbed up his shoulders as they went in. You would think like, in 10 years you'd be saying that, but it'll be like a feather bow instead of chains, won't it? That's true, true, yeah. Little people in the future there. Uh, Macho's got his classic glasses on, which, you oh, know, yeah. he has, late yes, 80s yes, glasses. Yes. Um, apparently they had some kind of seance in the ocean to kind of get ready for their match. Yeah, yeah I'm not quite sure what's going on with that. I just, I don't know. They said the ocean, they became like, they, they became one or something. I don't know. It got very sexual for a minute. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> it just got a bit weird. Well, I mean, considering the, 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 the team of the Mega Powers consisted of a Herculean giant, Coco Beware, and a Redneck. Yeah, who knows what happened. Yeah. Imagine the children out of that. Anyways. So, we come to the actual next match, which is Andre the Giant, Dino Bravo, Mr. Perfect, Ravishing Rick Rude, and the former King Harley Race, mm-hmm. versus Jake Roberts, uh, Jake the Snake Roberts, uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, Ken Patera, Tito Santana, and uh, Scott Hoosie. Uh, <laughs> Scott, who is he? <laughs> yeah, Scott Hoosie. Oh, he comes yeah. to the ring like this, huh? So this is my this is what I was saying earlier about like you know with the um because the tag teams are like of dragging so many people to that match, you could probably imagine in a different scenario you'd have instead of Pace, uh, Patera and Casey you'd have the Rockers in there, yeah, yeah, or you'd have the Bulldogs in there, you know, so all that to kind of slow into that match. Maybe uh, rather than say Harley Race and Dino Bravo, you might have the Palace of Pain in there. You know, it's kind of like it's putting people from the other matches, so they have to kind of fill those out as best they can with other people, don't they? Because why is Kempitara in this? Who knows? Because well, he's the but... 1980s Kurt Angle. <laughs> well, yeah, 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 you're right to a degree. He's not really... Um, he's still a bit of a star in 1988. He was in... He's uh, wrestled in Mania and SummerSlam and here he is yeah. again. Okay, that's fine. 
Uh, Defence got Casey. Okay, no problem at all. Um, <laughs> he was supposed to be the junkyard dog. There you go. There you go. And if so, you yeah. squint, it could still be. <laughs> could still be good. It okay. If you squint and turn the contrast on your television. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, he was supposed to be the junkyard dog, and he he quit. Yeah. So they went and got Brian Blair. Oh God. Um, but he was upset because they broke the killer bees up, and um, he quit as well. So it was God. literally like shit. Who we got left? Um, <laughs> Scott. Scott. <laughs> Who's that sat on the bench over there? What's your, what's your name? Get, 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 your, get, get your gear in the ring, pal. Off you go. Yeah. I'm Scott Hoosie. Scott Hoosie. Uh, and I approve Scott this Hoosie? message. <laughs> uh, uh, just a quick note that it's per- Mr. Perfect, Kurt Henning, not Mr. Perfect. And also he's just yeah. wearing he's wearing tights, not his uh, singlet. So it's very early again. Mr. Which looks wrong. Oh, it's, yeah, it yeah looks it's, wrong. it's wrong looking. It's You're wrong. Right. It should be a yellow singlet. What's in the ring? It's Mr. Perfect. But like when you see him, it's like, nah, that doesn't look right. Um, I think Casey's in first, and Monsoon's so excited about him, he starts talking about the colour Rick Rude's trunks. Yeah, he does. He, he starts talking about wrestling gear. Down here, lovely conversation about trunk colours. Yeah. <laughs> and how yeah. In, in, in Monsoon's day, there was a choice between black and a, maybe a light grey. Yeah. yeah. And that was about as far as he went, which is like, yeah, the crowd aren't for this. Even though, you know, they, they, kind, of, they kind of pop for Roberts, they pop for Duggan giving it a big hoe to the crowd that sort of thing but I think after that last match there they seem a little bit tired well, that's what I was going to say they've just witnessed 20 giant bits of beef at each other for the best <laughs> part of an hour they were going to come down at some point yeah so I think this is it isn't it really so this is the uh, the kind of come down match after that the, the crowd go nuts mainly when Andre gets locked up in the ropes <laughs> yeah. that's like the, as far as the crowd goes seemingly the highest point of this match oh yeah mm-hmm. they're, they're there for like the Jake the Snake um, Andre feud, which is the kind of that's the driving driving force. This one, isn't it? It's the feud between yeah. Um, which we kind of get to as like the, the the face team gets kind of chiselled away. Is this the match with the pneumatic drill? A pneumatic drill. Yeah. Have you not heard this story? I can't no. say that I actually have. Yeah, I don't know if this is the match, but there's one match around about this time that Jake Roberts tells a story that he's he's in some sort of hold that um that, from Andre, and he's like you know like a, a headlock or something like that. And like the they're on the ground, and then he can just hear this kind of like rumbling noise. And apparently he's like looking around, going, "Is someone?" You know, he's like, "It sounded like in the mag drill, like roadworks or something like that." And you know, it's like this noise shouldn't be in this situation at this time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and he's getting really kind of like he's in the middle of this headlock, going, "Why am I hearing this drill? What's going? On? What is someone doing?" He's trying to look around, but he's obviously in a headlock with Andre the Giant. Yeah, and then he's aware all of a sudden that Andre's laughing. And he looks up, and then he just sees Andre looking down at him, going, and Andre just says, ha, 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 I am farting! <laughs> I, don't, I don't know this one, because I don't think Andre gets into the, into the, match, yeah, into the match. I don't remember in a moment where it's like, it, it's, it's, you know, where it's like he's got him in a headlock or something like that, but that's apparently what happens. Yeah. That is a five star story. There's a lot of him interfering from the outside. We get a rude awakening on a rude awakening on Kempatera. He's done. Um, Hardy yep. throws a drop kick for no reason. Yeah, um, <laughs> makes no sense. Uh, nope. Dino Bravo hits his side suplex on Scott Hoosie. He's gone. Oh, yep. Dino Bravo loves them side suplexes. He, he loves does. side suplex. <laughs> um, Cam, just a quick Scott report in the middle. It is currently Livingstone two, Celtic two. <laughs> Celtic have had a player sent off who has been on the pitch for five minutes. Nice. Oh, inject into my veins. <laughs> <laughs> That's your next Scottish football update. 
Star <laughs> Top of the hour. 2021. <laughs> uh, if you there's a ca- there's cash prize if you can guess who the Rangers fan is in this podcast. <laughs> Hashtag there is no cash prize. Yeah, it's out of out of um out of Cameron's pockets. Uh, two quick points I just kind of note. Uh, Tito Santana is still wearing Strike Force trunks. He just can't keep up that tag team, can he? <laughs> well, nope. you know it's going to get reformed in a few months, so he's just keeping them around. <laughs> he's keeping them fresh. <laughs> uh, there's a bit where like Perfect beats down Duggan. Then Duggan, I assume, like Duggan's up on on Perfect. He kind of like gets up. Duggan's up. Yeah, rather than Hulk's up, he Duggan's up, doesn't he? Because it's that's what Jim Duggan. Duggan's up. He's just Duggan's up. It now. Yeah, that's what we are. <laughs> just... Just gets up in the morning and goes, Ho! He's like, and just like happens. duggins himself up to his feet and starts battering him again. Oh, imagine if you could just duggin up all the time. Yeah. You're dugging up right now, are you not, Cameron? <laughs> yeah, in, 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 in a most modest way. Hmm? <laughs> I have a modest direction, my dear. <laughs> my two by four is ready. <laughs> Please varnish it promptly. <laughs> yes. Uh, Tito hits race for the flying forearm who sounds like an absolute boss uh, he's yep. pinned to he's out so we're down to three on two I think it's Duggan and uh, Duggan and what, uh, well, it's got four it's got to be at least four Duggan and Snake versus four isn't it the four heels yeah uh, and then Tito oh no it's three uh, sorry it's uh, Tito's still there so it's, uh, it's uh, four on three now uh, Tito then tries to do a sunset flip on Andre the Giants which makes no sense nope no he just likes the side suplex he can't help it Andre comes in and is basically just just begins to murder Tito, strangling him, throwing him around low the place, <laughs> and yeah, then just just sits him to pin him because why would why would you in what world would you ever do a sunset flip on Andre the Giant? God knows, uh, an alternative world. Yeah, uh, this is the point. Yeah, where Duggan ties up Andre in the ropes and then he tangs in Jake. He just starts battering him as well. Yep. Yep. Shut out the big man. Yep. Just starts to start beating the actual shit into him. Then he tags in Rick Rude. He then starts throwing Jake into, some, into turnbuckles, which sound very nasty. Andre took a lot of punishment and still had enough to make the tag. The smarts. Snake hard into the corner. Yeah, it doesn't, mm-hmm. doesn't sound like fun. It's, it's kind of like that um, Hitman spot where he kind of goes fr- uh, front first and like, just makes a horrible... Yeah, when he lands on the rope. him first, yeah. It makes a similar kind of noise where it's like the, the metal of the turnbuckle hitting the pole or something. It just sounds horrible. So you get a few of those. Uh, then we get a, a real good pile driver on Jake. Duggan comes in, and then I think is it Frankie on the outside grabs Duggan and see they all spill to the outside. Frankie, so then Duggan... what? Caught over Paris. A oh, Frenchie, sorry. Yeah. I, I was going to say, wait, what? <laughs> I don't remember this bit. My writing at this point was terrible. Frenchie grabs Duggan, uh, spills to the outside. Duggan gets his two by four, just waffles Dino, and uh, DQs himself. And then we get a bleep on Duggan. Yeah, I think we need a piece of Survivor Series trivia. Yes, we do. This is why Al's here. How how did Jim Duggan get eliminated in the 1990 <laughs> Survivor Series? Haven't we done this one? Would it be exactly the same way? He got a two by four and hit Earthquake with it. Hey, <laughs> what's the one? Did we do the one where he batted somebody but didn't get caught because he hit it behind his back? <laughs> For a bonus point, which isn't exactly the same thing. How did he get eliminated from the 1987 Survivor Series? Somebody this is, this is more simple, ever. Uh, did, did he just bat somebody with a 2 by 4 It didn't involve a 2 by 4 this one. Was he he leaves, a two by four? he leaves the ring to try and get a 2 by 4 and gets counted out. 
counted out. Yeah, counted out. Oh How God. did Jim Duggan get eliminated from the 1989 Survivor Series? He counted out. So yes, in Duggan's first four Survivor Series, he was counted out, disqualified, counted out, and disqualified. What a, a solid record. Oh, it's like that. Well, it's that song about Henry VIII, isn't it? Disqualified, <laughs> counted out. Disqualified and counted out. Two by four and counted out. Don't yep. you worry, on his final Survivor Series 1991, <clears throat> he actually won. Oh, oh well, the best for last. Yeah. Is that the one we've done? Because I'm sure I remember a bit like he hit somebody on the ropes and then just kind of like hides it behind his back like a schoolboy. Uh, Royal Rumble 89, <clears throat> possibly, for that finish, possibly. Maybe. Maybe. I think it is. Yeah, yeah but he. Um, he gives like a big bullshit and he gets a he gets himself bleeped on the network, which is quite good. I don't remember that from the old video. <laughs> yeah, I have put down here why the bleep. I couldn't actually work out why, but yeah, I think it's a big. I think it's a big swear. That's why I think it is. But that, yeah, I, I don't. I, I don't remember that at all on the old video. So I'm assuming that bit was cut because I think this match was this match kind of edited down now to just like basically the, the eliminations. Well, and that was it. Yeah, I, I must admit I enjoyed it a lot more on the video because I thought this match was too long for the story it was trying to tell. Although 30 minutes was too long. Yeah. how they're going uh, but when it was edited on the video it made the match look a lot more exciting I thought yeah I think I think they get to the point where they want to get to which is Jake by himself getting battered by people they get to that point a lot quicker mm-hmm. yeah because once they get to that point like yeah there's some, there's some great moments like there's um, this is kind of a recurring thing when Jake's trying not to get caught in the heel corner yeah so he keeps like either he keeps like holding onto the ropes where he keeps kind of like like being really kind of cagey about trying to get into head into lots of people which is that great psychology from Jake like Jake really knows what he's done what he's doing at this point isn't he Oh yeah, yeah, he's like oh, yeah, he's four on one. He's not gonna have a good time. Yeah, no. Like I don't think he's anywhere near like um like he's not riven by drugs as much as he would get to get into like you know a few years time that sort of thing. So like he really is on his game. Kind of like when we we saw him in the um oh the blind match in WrestleMania Seven with the with the blindfold match. Yeah. Like his work with the crowd, like you know him kind of like rolling out the ring, him kind of doing all that kind of stuff is brilliant. They kind of really kind of gets the crowd on his side, even though like. He's the kind of babyface in peril. Like, I think he kind of manages to kind of keep the crowd invested in it because those kind of things can get a bit boring. When you're just getting like one guy getting battered by the bad guys for about ten minutes. Yeah, it's it. great. Like Rick Rude coming and just slapping him on the floor is brilliant. No, I was going to say this isn't the one where um, Rick Rude's got Shell Roberts on his trunks. No, no, no that's, that's not. No. That's <clears throat> yeah. She does get mentioned several times though. She does, yeah. yeah, yeah. Ventura does at one point wonder. I wonder who Shell Roberts is cheating for right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then there's a bit, yeah, a bit where Rude goes to, I think, tag. And then Jake basically pulls his trunks down pretty much all the way. Gets DDT'd and pins. And then Andre mm-hmm. comes in and basically proceeds to choke Jake the snake to death in the corner. Yes. He chokes the snake. There's you lots went. of snake choking going on. Mm-hmm. But it's relentless. He's just got, like, he's biting him. He's, like, his straps coming, coming down. Like, he's got, he's frothing out the mouth. It's a really vicious kind of finish to the match. Oh, yeah. And there's, like, there's a bit at the end where he's just, like, he's squeezing Jake's neck. And I think, it's, it does think, it's almost crossing line. You're thinking, is he actually, is he actually killing him there? Because, like, the way he's kind of crossing his thumbs over seems a little bit too real. Yeah, well, it looks, it looks bloody good. Anyway. Yeah, it looks good. <laughs> yeah, he... Basically gets himself de- uh, DQ'd and then Mr. Perfect comes in and gets the win. Yep. I did like that. I thought it was such a good touch that, yeah, Jake Mauls at the death, gets disqualified, sorry, Andre Mauls at the death, gets disqualified, and then Perfect just comes in and just pins. No no effort, just comes yeah. in and pins him. And how great do they celebrate? Him, him, the match, yeah. him and Dino just kind of jumping up and down in the ring celebrating like they just like, did, did it all themselves. Yeah. Yeah. was good. But then Damien gets in the ring, Andre pegs it as best he can with his kind of weird legs. Mm hmm. <laughs> And then, and then that's it. 
that's that match done. And then Bobby Heenan must have to bolt backstage because he's there for Team Boss Man. Yeah. <laughs> Literally 10 seconds later. Yeah, it's a Mean Gene with Boss Man. I think it is Mean Gene, yeah, there's a promo before the match. Yeah, because they're all the backstage, all a bit shouty. Uh, we've got yep. Green Suit Ted DiBiase, which looks beautiful. Oh, yes. And there's a great line from Mean Gene when he's like, uh, can the Red Rooster talk? Yeah. It's, it's like, he calm down, Gene, talk. Jesus. It was a bit uncalled for, wasn't it? To have a little dig before he goes up to the ring. Well, this was, I'm pretty sure they probably were on the verge of making sure he could only cluck. Because yeah. <laughs> the whole thing you is know. like, um, at this point, Heenan was like coaching Rooster through all his matches, wasn't he? So it was like he had no skills sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of in the story that it's like he's kind of presented as being lucky to be there. It and... sets up the epic clash of the Red Rooster versus Bobby Heenan at WrestleMania 5. <laughs> oh, Lord. My God. Which we all remember with great fondness. Yeah. Okay, trivia time. I'm gonna have to look this up. How long did that match last? Uh, have a guess each. What Heenan versus the Red Rooster WrestleMania Five? Yeah. I think this. I think you know. You want to say it was a short time. I don't think it was that it, short. It, it, it might be like the sort of retro era equivalent of uh, Michael Cole versus Jerry Lawler. <laughs> I give you a clue. Off. It was. It was certainly not that. Uh, okay. I'm uh, going to say Cam. Six minutes. Six minutes, Cameron. Um, I'm gonna go eight, eight minutes. Okay. Well, I'm gonna split the difference and say seven minutes. God, these are all terrible. It oh. goes thirty-one seconds. Oh, oh wow! <laughs> wow! I guess Cam gets it for closest wins. <laughs> oh, Ewan was getting it. Yeah, I said six. Oh, sorry, I got it confused. My apologies. That's why. That's you why. Fucking idiot! All right. Jeez. <laughs> Calm down, mean you in. Jesus. No. I want <laughs> Yes, so we're into the next match. Well, the final match of the card, yep. uh, which is uh, the Twin Towers of Arkeem and the Big Boss Man, uh, mm-hmm. King Haku, the Red Rooster, and the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, yep. versus Hercules, Hillbilly Jim, Coco Beware, Hulk Hogan, and the WWF Heavyweight Champion, Mandy Ratcho? Mandy (laughs) Macho Man Savage. Fucked it, Doyle. Fucked it. Listen, I got through all those matches without any kind of problem to that last one. Come on. My God, it was a good one at the end. Mandy Savage. The Ratcho Man. (laughs) The Ratcho Man Man, Mandy Savage. Nice. It's like, can we get the Macho Man? No. We'll get his non union equivalents. No, that's what Matthew <laughs> Brown called him in the next promo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, I, first note I wrote down was another payday for Hercules. We can't get rid of this man. Can't get rid no. of him. But to be fair to him, his trunks are looking better. They're not so high up at the back. Yes. No. no. Not like his. Um... Is this not one of Hercules's like? He gets like seventeen pay per views in a row or something daft <laughs> like that. <laughs> Uh, it's WrestleMania two to Royal Rumble. No, sorry, yeah, WrestleMania two to Royal Rumble ninety two. I think so. Yes. Wow. Yeah, he gets like and... a paid for every single one. Yeah. Uh, I noticed the uh, the heel team comes out to uh, Slicks music, which is fine because Slicks music is mm-hmm. brilliant. Um, <laughs> Big Boss Man comes out. I've written down like, is he like in that first wave of wrestlers with jobs? I think so. Uh, yeah, probably. Because he's very much a, uh, a police officer, isn't he? With like, the, the full costume and everything. He's not like, yeah, say... only because it kind of worked with him. Because you know, in the police, you'd at least be 
sort of experiencing some sort of, should we say, direct confrontation. So they yes. fits in a wrestling context. Yes. Whereas yeah. if you're, say, a bin man, <laughs> not really. Or a barber. Yeah. He's resting on the not, side. It not makes really. No sense. A dentist, not really. Well, I always wanted to what no, why did why did they have to have jobs? I think it was <laughs> I don't know. so they could relate to ordinary people. So you know what but I mean? They're like, not people people aren't watching wrestling to watch ordinary people. They're they're here yeah, to watch people think, yeah, that are you know, bigger than humans. I think we uh, I don't know if we, I can't remember if we touched this, but I wonder if it's the Undertaker's fault. No. But he got over as a wrestler with a job. He was a mortician, wasn't he? Before he became, you know, the dark adventure. Yeah, yeah, before it was like, he was like a, this ethereal ghost-like figure, that you know, supernatural kind of a thing. And he got over. So, like, it was like, it kind of, it, it, in his wake, he kind of got sparky plugs and those sort of guys. Yeah, that's more like a mid-90s thing, though. Yeah. yeah. yeah kind of led to, like, 95, which is awful. One of the worst years ever. Somebody must have got over as like a wrestler with a job in order for this to kind of start happening. Well, the boss man was a job. That's true, he was. Yeah. Repo yeah. man did cars. We were for hard times a couple of shows before. Yeah, the hard time there, except was the other one. Yeah, that was last time. <laughs> and I was right. Thank you very much. You were right. You were right. Yes, Phil was right. Thank you. Yeah, Macho comes out with his cape because this is Macho in his pump. This is brilliant, Macho. Mm-hmm. Yeah, five star match show. Yeah, notice that uh, Hogan gets his own music when he comes out. <clears throat> yeah, I've just written this down. Why does Hogan get his own entrance separate from the rest of his team? I think I, I replied to you in Discord Ventura. saying because he's a giant racist cunt. <laughs> yeah, that's probably the main reason. Probably the main reason. Yeah, yeah. Ventura sells it well on commentary. I think he does because this was the period of time when Ventura and Hogan maybe weren't getting on. Mm, yeah, I'd say that's fair. Was this not the period of time where Ventura had tried to get a union going with all the boys and then it was Hogan that dubbed them into Vince? <laughs> that would sound about right. I think so that's, that's why I always remember like um, Jesse pointing out all the bits where Hogan's like raking the eyes and thumbing the eyes and that sort of thing. Like nails down the yeah. back and doing all the kind of heel stuff. And I was like, yeah, he is a bit of a bastard in the ring, isn't he? Yeah. We start off with Macho and Ted, bit of a pacey start. Those two are cracking. I've got down here Teddy Taylor versus Hulk Hogan. Oops. <laughs> yeah, the roosters. I think at one point the old uh, the tailor-made man gives a he gives a woo and starts trying to do a figure four leg lock. Which I don't know if that got him any, any heat backstage or anything. I'm gonna say that probably didn't go down well with people. No, no. Um, no. I know it's you know not great, but I do like the way Arkeen just kind of drives his way into every single punch. <laughs> yeah, I like, like that as well. And Cameron said I was a bad man for liking her. <laughs> what was this? Yeah, the way like Arkeen doesn't throw a punch. Off. He just dances. He just, he just drives his arms. Uh, it's everything just he does. uncomfortably racist that keeps. But as a kid, you don't realise that. You just think it's a good dance. You don't. Yeah, but you're not. That. You're not watching it now as a kid. Are you watching it looking back? Kind of going, oh my god, it's cultural appropriation. But I enjoy. I enjoyed it as a kid, and I just. Why is everything going to be stigmatised? You know. I mean, right, right. In a bubble, it's fine. In, in the bubble of 1988 America, yeah. it's fine. Looking at it nearly 30 years after the fact, it's, it's, it's not good. Racist, a little bit kind of disrespectful. But at the time, at the time... Because it's a fat man dancing. I don't know. But it's a, it's a fat man pretending to be a black guy. <laughs> That's not why I like it. I just like it because he's dancing. <laughs> <laughs> God. I'm so glad I started the racist chat. That was good. Good work. So, um, <laughs> next subject, Kamala. Um, oh, 
<laughs> yeah, that was worse. That was worse. Have you ever seen uh, the outtakes of Kamala with um, <clears throat> Mean Jean? Yes. Yeah. They are amazing. I'll put the clips in Discord later, but there there's some right. amazing outtakes involving Kamala. <laughs> I can Including imagine. a discussion about Mean Jean goes, so why did you why did you miss an interview? And Kamala answers, oh, I was getting some boom, boom, you know. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Incredible. God. Oh, God. Oh, dear. I do have a big capital letters halfway down the description of a match going horrible moment when Akeem throws Coco Beware head first into the top turnbuckle. Doesn't yes. look great, does it? No. <laughs> it doesn't. It look it was one of the moments that made you go, oh, ooh. Ooh. that's ten years you... off his life. Because <laughs> isn't like Akeem's not recently um, like uh, evolved from one man gang, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, the summer I think it was, yeah. Yeah. We calling it evolve? I was well, you know, he kind of. Well, if Smash can evolve into um, Repo Man, then a one man yeah. gang can evolve into an Arkeen. It's more like Devolve. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Cam, your match is finished 2 2, just so you know. Oh, yes. <sighs> another, level 5 captain, Stone level another, 5. <laughs> another two points they've dropped. That was one of their games in hand. That's your Scottish football update, sponsored by the War at Christian Chips. Inject it right into my veins. <laughs> Uh, yes, as Cameron said, um, Rooster tries along with Hogan, gets Sorry. a big boot, slam. Macho Elbow from the top, and he's gone. Mm-hmm. And there's a huge celebrate. They, they really celebrate the fact that they got rid of the of the Red Rooster. Like they're high fiving and all sorts. Yeah, yeah. But then then somebody tells him it means he's just eliminated from the match, not the whole yeah, company. The match. They get very sad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, your boy um, Rooster gets chewed out by Brain on the way out. So I think they're yeah. not long from their from their split. Um, Haku's just um, comes in and starts beating up Hercules. The next elimination, Akeem with a big splash and hillbilly beam. He's done. Oh, actually, I like what? That spot, yeah. Just like a big splash. It's, it's what is like big kind of like how does Monsoon call it? like the seven forty seven landing or something? Seven forty seven, yeah. Which the fact that he's in a tag team called the Twin Towers, you know? Oh yeah. Is that ideal? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Well, at the time it was fine. At the time it was acceptable, yeah. <clears throat> it's it it was you know the um, the visionary future. Predictions of the WWF calling for nine eleven. No Jesus, please no. By Hillbilly Jim being one of the twin towers. No, it makes no sense. Um, no. Boss man kills Coco Beware. Mm-hmm. Does he actually pin him, or does he just kill him? I can't remember at this point. Oh, he, he hits him killed. with a slam. He gets the boss man slam on him. Yeah, that's it. Boss man slam. Oh, I love that finisher. Love it. Hogan finally in to a big pop. Um, Hogan bites boss man because he's you know. A, a, a terrible person. Uh, Monsoon ignores this. Hogan slams Bossman to a big moment. And then Bossman uh, gets him with a big massive spine buster that stops him dead, which is quite nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then we get those great moves. Um, DBS comes in, he does those kind of falling um, knuckle punches to the head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they look great. Uh, but of course, Hogan hogs up, taking Hercules. Yeah. And we get the big few, we get the big blow off we've all been waiting for Ted versus Hercules. Right. Yep. He tried to buy him off, uh, yeah. off Bobby Heenan. I think he did. Yeah. Yeah. But the way kind of like DiBiase turns into it is great because he's like on, he's like bangs the ropes, like getting angry at Hogan. Turns around and Hercules is there. And he's like, whoa! And then um, Ted basically just bumps like hell for Hercules for about ten minutes. Uh, and then is it uh, Virgil grabs her? Yeah, Virgil distracts her and Ted rolls him up. And then as Ventura says, the mega powers stand alone. Yeah. Macho comes in, gets Ted with a sneaky with a sneaky roll up. Yep. So. Yep, um, Mega Powers versus where was left on the other side? The Twin Towers and Haku. 
Hogan's the one who gets worked over for about 10 minutes. Big, massive yeah. suplex from Hogan by Haku, which was pretty impressive. Now, I'm just going to say, I think the match literally just falls apart in a few seconds yeah. because I think it's all killed to this point. But when when one team just seems to stop caring about winning, it kind of just, just stops just the match. Just resorts yeah, yeah the whole thing just ends up being batter Hogan. And, yeah. Yeah, when he's handcuffed, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The the handcuff Hogan, don't they? Yeah, there's some bit of distraction on the sides. Is it the um Liz gets distracted or they they kind of like try to do something with Liz, so Hogan comes in and gets battered by Boss Man. Yep. And then yeah, gets battered up, tight um gets um handcuffed to the rope, boss man's counted out. So then just starts battering Hogan with a nightstick because why not? Uh starts battering Macho Man um, as well. He decides why wrestle this match? We'll just go outside and battle yeah. Hogan some more. And then yeah. Arkeen gets DQ'd. Back in the ring, yeah, he gets DQ'd, doesn't he? And then that leaves Haku against the Mega Powers. Now, if this was a real fight, <laughs> a real actual fight, then you might put your money on Haku, but I don't think he's winning this scenario. <laughs> you reckon? No. Yeah, so Haku's like in the ring working over Macho. Um, Slick, well, they say they bring Slick back outside because he's the only one with the key, but he's like taunting Hogan with the keys because he won't unlock him. Yeah, I'm a bit like, why is Slick even there? Because his guys have gone. Yeah, I thought that as well, but then, then I think Monsoon's like, oh yeah, because he's got the key, they, they're they bringing them back out to unlock Hogan because of course he's going to yeah, do like, that. Yeah, whatever. Of course he's going yeah. Of course he's going to do that. Ref starts shouting at Liz because she's trying to help the person who just got battered with a nightstick because, you know, mm-hmm. why would she do that? Uh, and then how does like Slick gets, get is it Hogan? Oh, no, Slick, uh, Slick goes onto the apron to hold Macho, uh, but Haku misses a super kick and then takes out takes out Slick. Yeah. I mean, that seems a random combo right there. Like, Slick yeah. holding somebody for Haku to... Yeah. <laughs> Hit him with a super kick. And then Liz rifles through uh, Slick's pocket and gets Hogan unlocked. Yep. Not the first time she's done that. All right, steady on. Oh, love. Ventura saying that she probably got his wallet as well as Yeah, <laughs> everything else, yeah. <laughs> rifle through his pockets while he's done. And then Hogan gets back to the corner, gets tagged in, big boot, and the leg drop for the finish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we have Hogan celebrating whilst his pals are hurt in the corner. Big hug from Hogan on Liz, which Macho sees, and he doesn't look too happy about that. There's a heck of a lot of like thermonuclear side eye going on with Macho <laughs> at the end of this pay-per-view. Like, Shadowing. yeah, but that's cool. I mean, that's the, the out of the mess of the fight, the, the, the main event here. It's at least leading up to yeah. something. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, what, six months end, down the line? You're getting something from it, not just, that was a mess. As, yeah. yeah, exactly. As, as Survivor Series should always be, a kind of drop-off point for WrestleMania plans. Yeah. So, I do get, like, yeah. the big feud in coming into this was, um, you know, Hogan and Bossman. That was the big feud, wasn't it? So, yeah, fair enough. But then, like, yeah, it just kind of, like, the fact that it just kind of, like, devolves in the last kind of five minutes of the map doesn't really make any sense. Because, yeah, it was, it was going great before that. There's some great moments. Bossman from the top rope. That's nuts. Yeah. But yeah, it just kind of goes into uh we'll just batter him for no It's just going to be this this sort of fight, you know, this mess of a fight kind of thing. Yeah. So, my wondering is, is this like the first cracks in the in the Mega Powers team before we get to the WrestleMania? Yes. Yeah, I think it is. This is the seed's yeah. been planted, I think. Cuz what Rumble 89 is coming up next, isn't yep. it? So That's when Hogan eliminates Savage. Yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, it's February on the main event on NBC. I think is when the the big split happens. Yep. Yeah. And but what we don't get on the that. network is on the old Coliseum video version. There's a bit where 
Jesse's on the microphone saying, oh, something's going on here. I need to go backstage. And he runs backstage and he interviews um, Hogan and Macho. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Which is a kind of a big bit where he's kind of... He's, um, I can't remember how he ends it, but he's like, oh, yeah, like, Macho's not happy here. Like, there's stuff going on. Like, Matt, it's like it's really kind of, like, underlining the fact there's a split coming down the line. Mm-hmm. But that's not on this version at all. There's, there's not even on the commentary. I think it kind of ends before that point when it kicks on the video. Yeah, yeah, it just ends after this. Yeah. And that's, like, one of the um, one of the other videos, bits that got missed. There was a different promo with Bad News backstage. Mm-hmm. I think there was a promo with... Um, I think a different promo with Andre after his yeah. match. Which is quite good, but the one that missed out was the promo with with um, Jake Think out his match, which was brilliant. Was that when he gets about being slapped by a baby and stuff? Yeah, yeah. Oh, was that not on the, this version? No, not there at all. It's, it's a not on the network bit. version. Oh, it's right. Such I a shame. In the video, very clearly, yeah, yeah, very. There's a bit at the beginning where, um, like Sean Mooney's like took, like doing an intro to the promo. He's like, oh yeah, and Jake Roberts took like a terrible beat in this match, like from behind. Like Jake looks at him and goes, "You fucking idiot!" <laughs> like, like really gives him like a real massive glare and like just sh- like swearing at him under his breath. It's, like that's the kind of one of the big moments I remember from it, which is well worth it. I think they're all the don't think they're on YouTube, but they're on like Daily Motion if you do a search for it. So they're well worth checking out, especially the Jake one, because it's just a real good kind of Jake promo. Where he's like, yeah, you know, you you think you won this year, but give me a year and I'll I'll get you next year, sort of thing. Which nothing he does. But yeah, that was the Survivor Series in 1988. Four matches. Yeah, one absolute belter, mm-hmm. and three other decent ones. I think I would probably say to that. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Mm, I've... I I just wasn't keen on the Andre Jake match, but I did enjoy the other two. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah, the Andre Jake one's too long. Like the feud between him, Jake and Andre, like you know, got heat behind it and worked. But yeah, it's it's a long journey to get to that point, isn't it? And I think that's the one that suffers from like the people in the ring because like most of the matches, like everybody in them tends to have some kind of reason for being there. Mm-hmm. Um, in the main, like you know, um. You know, the main event, you've got, like, you know, Akeem and Bossman, obviously, working for the Mega Powers. You've got uh, DiBiase and Hercules. Now, there's a feud there. Probably, I don't know if Haku and he'll be the gym feuding at the time, but there's all kind of, like, you can kind of draw, like, natural things between each people. But in the Andre match, it's like, yeah, Scott Casey, what's the point of you being there? Kempatera, like, what's the point? You've got no kind of heat coming into the match with anybody else. So it kind of, like, just stops it from being quite as involving as the other matches. Yeah, I mean, only... Only really like two of the matches have any sort of advance on a story. Your main yeah. event does, because obviously it's Hogan Macho. Yeah. And it's the start of that. And then your um your second one. The Tag Team uh, match. Yeah, yeah, that one has Demolition like the, and uh, Fuji switching. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the one. Yeah. And, your, Andre, uh, your Andre Jake matches building up WrestleMania five. Uh, it just it feels like a lot of fluff around it to build up yeah. just these little sort of yeah. matches between two people. Well, probably like that, that first match was 15 minutes and the Andre one was 30 minutes. So you probably think those two should be about, should have been the same length. Yeah. I mean, you can you can tell why they kind of slowly reduced the Survivor Series element of, you know, the team element of Survivor Series over the years. Yeah. Like I said, like, having to have five people in each match, you do start straining your roster to the point where you're, you're yeah. kind of bringing in random guys. Like you kind of, you, there's probably like at least one person from each match you can cut out, and like it'll like it wouldn't hurt the match because the yeah, people left would have, would have kind of fused. Well, the following year, they do four on four instead, uh-huh. but add an extra match to the card, so there's now five matches on the card. Yeah, and they, is that the year they start having names of the teams and that sort of thing? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh man, the visionaries. 
I thought you were going to say American Justice again. <laughs> yeah, American Justice. American Justice. Hey, tag team champions for a long, that, long time. It kind of works in a, in a matchman voice that does. It's American Justice. Yeah, totally. So the question is, where does this fit in on the chart? Yeah. Where I'm standing at the chart, the chart right now, and I know when I'm going to pin it. Ooh. Well, uh, Brawl Four was very good. Um... <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, I think table upside down. Yes, that makes sense. Looking at it, the highest Survivor Series, if we work scientifically, is Survivor Series '95, which is at number thirteen. Uh huh. So is that higher or lower than where you're thinking, Cameron? Um, it's uh, probably higher. Ooh. That one. I-, I think it's better than '95. Yeah. Is it higher than Wrestle War '1992? Well, no, no, so not at all, right. not at all, no. Okay. Right, I am putting it, I'll tell you right now, I am putting it as better than Rumble 89, but not as good as SummerSlam 93. So hang on, what number, sir? Number I'll 19. Be putting it as 19 in the list. Correct, I thought we were up to number 13 for a second there. Um, right. 19 on the list, right, so what? what's just above it? Tell me what's just above it, a few above uh, the few spaces, but well, SummerSlam '93 would be better than it. Survivor Series '90 would be better than it. Okay. Invasion 2001 would be better. ECW Living Dangerously '1999 would be better than it. Wrestle War '92 <laughs> would be better than it because, of course, it is because it's got the War Games match. Uh, King of the Ring We came through the court, Alan. This is what we did. Like literally set in stone. I've got my chisel out now. Oh, right. um... we're not excited about the, the Celtic score, but calm down, Mr. Phillips. <laughs> calm down with chisel. So it's yes. better than Rumble '89. We, we can agree on that. Yeah. 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 Is it better than SummerSlam '93? No. What was SummerSlam '93? Um, the Electric Express. <laughs> oh God. Oh God. Yokozuna, count out. Way. <laughs> And for that, for basically driving a bus around America as a promo for a match. Yeah, right, better than that. What's that? I've, I've pinned my colours to the mast, right? That, that's it. That, I'm, I'm, that, uh, that's me. I've, that, I've, I've... <laughs> that's it. I would, I would tend to agree. Yep. I'm just checking the card of... Oh, it's got Undertaker versus Giant Gonzalez. I think Al's behind that one now. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> I think, is that not also Marty Jannetty versus Ludwig Borger? Yep, yep. Plus yeah. Yep, see, see, I'm bringing all the classics, lads. All the classics. Jay Lauder beats, uh, defeated Doink the Clown. Yes. That was a good match, that. I think I, th- I think he's right. Yeah. I mean, you can't put it up in this upper echelon. You can't put it up with the right Rumble 2000 or One Night Stand 2005 and Canadian Stampede. It's nowhere near that. No, definitely not. But it's nowhere near as bad as, like... World War 95 and Halloween Havoc 96 all that kind of stuff I think if every match was as good as a tag team match it probably would be that high yeah but all of them are, it's all enjoyable but objectively without my nostalgia attached to it I think you're right so it's better than eight, so it's the 20th best pay-per-view of all time yeah we're going there and the third right. best Survivor Series of all time yep it's official yep so there we go there we go. Applause all round. Huzzah. There you go.
that's where it's going. Decided. But what's not been decided is what we're watching next time because there's a reason for that. There is a big reason for that because um, of all the sort of people we wanted to have on this show uh, lately, and obviously a lot of um, actual wrestlers are having a lot of downtime because there's no shows on at the minute because of COVID. Um, so we reached out to um, Carlisle's very own and the only Target Wrestling Grand Slam winner, uh, Shady Natras, who will be joining us next month. And uh, between messaging, uh, he's picking the show and he hasn't uh, yet told us which show he's going to do. But um, we're going to have uh, actual real life wrestler on the show with us. It's going to be awesome. Oh, yes, it's going to be awesome. So, yeah, we'll probably put out on the Twitter account which show he's picked. Yeah. So people can chuck in their sixpence worth if they want to. And do so it that that'll way. be a mystery till we find out, and you'll find out when we find out. So yep. you'll have to tune in next time to find out what it is we're doing. Yep. It's going to be something cool. It'll be something cool. Hopefully. I've given him the league table. He's looked at it, and uh, he's he's contemplating where we need to go. Okay. Cool. All the WF producers. <laughs> You're pinning on a WF one, yeah? Yeah, that's what I'm hoping. I'm oh, hoping okay. for that. Okay. <laughs> well, we'll soon find out, won't we? He's he, he's a big Dragon Gate fan. Ooh. Oh, Ooh. come on. It's not on the network. <laughs> I'm not on the network. <laughs> <laughs> who's, who's next after Shady? Who's who's actually got next pick? Uh, uh, let's have a look. Is it it is. We haven't had one then in a while. I think, yeah, I think it's a round table one. Ah, Okay. Is the cycle complete? Are we doing a round table after that? I think so. Yeah, it's me, oh, guest, then group. So another another chat no. group. Then it's Cameron is next. Oh wow. Well, it's me next after that. Wow. Yeah. Um Well it's been about a year since we did the best female wrestler in ten in five years time one because mm. that was last February. Because that was the very, very start of COVIDness floating oh. around the place. <laughs> I think I think we've already got the round table, have we not? What I've got the bring do? down on the on the list, but I thought we were discussed uh, unless we've already done it, but I don't remember doing it. Were we not going to do theme songs for one? I think we were, yeah. Yeah, I think my theme songs. I think are right. The only problem with that is we we'd be fine on the audio version, but the YouTube version would get struck <laughs> straight away. But never mind. <laughs> it would be uh, it would be interesting. Could I sing them? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> fine. You just have your know, no. version. I'll tell you why it wouldn't be good because every single one would be the Bushwhackers theme. <laughs> yeah, totally. Because of the I best know, I, know, I know exactly what he's like. Yeah, you you seem to have a problem with this film. <laughs> yes, because because you know why, Cameron. You know why I've got a problem with it. We're not I sometimes still listen to that show just to like hear that moment where you flounce off the microphone. It's just funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks, thanks so much. It's no problem. It brings absolute, me joy. Absolute bastards. Well. <laughs> Just what? thinking, just, just just to sort of flesh it out, or, or, or ideas and stuff. Uh, how how would we get mileage out of a um out of a theme song, out of a theme song discussion? Mm. Like what 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 would be the? I, I feel like I'm I'm some professor here doing a. Couldn't we do? Best, yeah. Couldn't we sound like a theme song of the best theme song of the decade? This dissertation. Ooh. You could do best theme song of the 80s, 90s, 2000s, and if you wanted to do 2010s, you could. Yeah, yeah, we'll Ooh. get some meat on the board. That'd be good for it, yeah. One each. 
Yeah, well, you pick one from the no, no, one from, each, one from each. You get one each from each decade. Yeah, we we decided sort of the best one of the eighties, best one of the nineties, but you don't yeah. have to pick like an individual one and then argue your case. It's just like you know you can just mention them and go, oh, that that was great and that was cool. Yeah. that was cool. I think that's the way to do it. Just just so, we'll do it by decade. Then Back we're going to do me. like you know best theme tune of like the two thousand, the early two thousands, and why is it edges? <laughs> <laughs> oh, here we go. Here we go. Save, you know it I mean? next, save it for the show. Save it for the show. Let the politicking begin. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not talking the Rob Zombie one. Not the. No, you're, you you're talking about. This is how we're going to escape the copyright, isn't it? It's going to be. Yeah. Were there words being said then? I don't know what was going on. There was, there was, yeah, there was. I was singing along. Can you know? It's like if you, it's like it's like Rob Zombie's on the call. Is it? Yeah. Is it though? Yeah. What is it? Good old Mr. Robert Zombie. He's, you know, Robert great. Zombie. Okay, but, okay, right. But to, to to just flesh it out a little bit as well, uh, we've each got a nominate from any era. The worst theme song ever. Also. Oh yes. Oh, totally. Right. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Alright. Okay, we'll you see, we started with nothing, now we've built a whole show, isn't it? <laughs> we, st- we started with nothing and we've still got most of it left. Um, <laughs> and the audience can hear the magic happening as we speak. Yeah, exactly, yeah. I'm assuming the uh, outro music will be playing underneath this at the time. Yeah, I'd say so. I cut it ages ago. Never gonna stop it. Never gonna stop it. Never gonna stop it.